Hi, this is Caroline David, daughter of Peter David, and you, and bye, Felix. It's great. <laughs> Oh, we lost a good one this week. Yeah, Don Pardo. Oh, you're right. Tell them what they won, Don. I know. Link to Frank Zappa. He he did a couple uh, shows with Frank. He's on the uh, on the record with Frank too. There you go. Sure, that's gonna be his strategy. Don't be emotional. Don't be brash, young man. Tell them what they won, Don Pardo. She says that on the right. I was born in Angola. You're pooping on Frank. He's a genius. Huge. I would take a bullet for Frank. Wow. I would take a cancer bullet. Yikes. Ooh. You playing Minecraft? No, I do not. No. (laughs) You got your goddamn mind. (laughs) (laughs) Tell me you've read Magnus. Have you, Jason? Mm, I have not. David, he's just going to love that robot. But Corey Smith is the artist, right? Yeah. He is. He is the newest represented uh, artist represented by our buddy Paolo at Cadence. Nice. That, that boy is just going to go up and up and up. He's going to be the new hotness. The heatness. The heatness. The preakness. And we're just going to rhyme for the for the whole intro now. <laughs> we're rapping. Rapping forte. Uh, I think that's enough. Hey, everybody. Hello, uh, Bob. What is going on? It's 11 What's o'clock comics. Episode, uh, 330. 330, baby. What time? Look at that. I am Vince B. You are Vince B. I'll be David A. Price. Hells, <laughs> yes, you will. And as if you could be anything else. Everyone's favorite Canadian game show host, Alex Trebek. Aww. You're not Alex Trebek. Not no way. You're Jason Wood, everybody. And you don't have to enter into double jeopardy to get good prices on comics. No, sorry, Bob. All you got to do is fire up your internet browser and head on over to DCBService.com. For real? Yeah, discount comic book service. You can get huge discounts on all kinds of stuff, such as... We talk about it a lot, and rightly so, because it's all kinds of awesome. It's the Hip Hop Family Tree by the genius Ed Piscor from Pittsburgh. Uh, cover price on this multi-volume set, you get two of them, plus the limited edition, only can get it in the box set, Ash Can. Foil embossed, I should add. 60 bucks. Not at discount comic book service, it's only $30. That's half off, do the math. From Image, Jason talked about it, the Nail Biter, Trade, Volume 1. There will be blood. Joshua Williamson wrote it. Mike Henderson drew it. Your price, four ninety nine. That's half off the cover price. Over at Dark Horse, our buddy Steve Bryant has his Athena Voltaire compendium. A whole heap and hunk of Athena Voltaire under hardcovers. 
$19.99 is the regular price, which is really respectable for a hardcover of this size, but you will bring it home for $9.99. Remember, DCBS does not mind late orders or order additions, and right now, I think they have a huge honking sale going on over at their sister store, In Stock Trades. It's a moving sale because they don't want to, they don't want to move all this crap and I really don't blame them at all. So you can go over there, check it out. There's discounts to be had. There's discounts everywhere. That's why they call them discount comic book service, DCBService.com. And if I have to tell you again about Scotty Young's Daily Grind, you're just not listening. <laughs> ScottyYoungStore.BigCartel.com. That's ScottyYoungStore.BigCartel.com. Thousand copies, 30 bucks cover, 100 pages plus. Scotty Young, do I have to say anything else? Just go there. Go there right now. We'll wait. Okay. Cool. I'm done. Stick a fork in you. Nice mm-hmm. work. How's everybody doing this week? Good. Not too shabby. Your knee feeling yeah, okay? Yeah, I'm all right. Yeah. It's focaccia. It is? Yeah, it's messed up. I don't know why. It started hurting me yesterday. Today, I just could barely put any kind of pressure on it. It's like, what? what? I can't have that. Can't have that. Can't have that. Oh. So, in honor of that, the the current pain I'm experiencing, I'm actually drinking something tonight. Get out of here. For real. Well, wonders never cease. It's the yingling lager. Love this stuff. It's the beer oh, of kings. Oh, you know I love that stuff. Yeah. I don't like the light, though. You know, it's funny you say that, because I drink the light a lot, and I don't yeah. mind it, but uh, I was at a party this past weekend where the hosts were serving Yingling Light, among other things, and a couple of the dudes were going off about how they thought it tasted like piss. It's and, tinkle uh, juice. And I was just going to say, it's tinkle juice. I don't like it at all. I, I, I thought it was fine, but yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess once you've, if you've been weaned on one breast that gives Yingling Lager and the other one starts giving the light, you'll know the difference. You know what I'm saying? It's true. It's it's perceptible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But how I'm drinking. Feeling? How's how you feeling, Bowie? Did your 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 work your work uh your underlings notwithstanding? Uh I left work at work. Um we As well you we, should. Uh we had to Renee was out of wine, so we stopped off at the place that opened up a couple months ago that that's a little closer to the house than the place we usually go to in the other direction. Um and it's funny since since Vince mentioned Kings. Um uh, I am, when it, we went into this place, they really don't have a lot of the stuff I'm used to getting. They'll, um, they might have some of the labels, but not, like, like the Redwood Creek I like. I picked up Pinot Noir, and I'll try that this weekend. Never had that from them before. But what I am drinking right now is called Sledgehammer. Actually, that's, that, that's Sledgehammer. It is, uh, so predictable. Cabernet Sauvignon from California and it is called the People's King because apparently nice. Cabernet Sauvignon is often called the king of red wine grapes. And they, and, and it's like they have this whole spiel about how, how this, this wine isn't, uh, it, it, what appears well, it's grown for the purpose of being enjoyed, not sniffed or swirled or analyzed. Uh, for the man who values substance over flash, his wine of choice is Sledgehammer Cabernet Sauvignon. Mm, I like that. Hopefully and it'll hit you. It's, I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying it. I think 
pretty after dinner I uh yeah, about half the bottle's gone. I'm 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 liking this. This is uh nice. pretty tasty. Last week uh I know we did not have the drink roll call and actually and I had a um a special not not so special because I generally have it, but I specifically had the um the the whiskey because we lost Robin Williams followed immediately by Lauren Bacall and because whenever Bogart is in a movie. It's it's usually scotch or whiskey he's drinking. So I had the uh, the 1792 for the occasion uh, to commemorate them both. Not so much Mr. Williams, but yeah. So and I, and I know we went pretty much immediately into talking to Jim Rugg. So it uh, the opportunity came and went. But I, I I did have a drink for last week, even though we didn't bring it up. Nice. That's 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 nice. We were in the car, and I said to my daughter, my 16 year old, I said Lauren Bacall died. And she's like, who? And I say, Google the damn thing. Yeah. So she Googles it and she brings it. I said, she's one of the most gorgeous women. Oh my gosh. Women Weird. ever. Yeah, for sure. And, 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 and she, she brought said, up one of the Tuesday morning commercial pictures of her. It was a, it was a very flattering picture, oh, okay. uh, image. It was one of, the, one of the good ones. And she said, she's not all that. And I said, don't even, don't even. I will. The hell do you know? Whenever we're watching anything or we're flipping through channels or usually there are a few channels I'll hit as um, when we're looking for something to watch. BBC America, uh, Cooking Channel, HGTV, or, or um, the, the the DIY. I'll, I'll end up going around my favorites, and Turner Classics is, is always in the rotation. And if if uh, well, if Bogart or Powell, but if Lauren Bacall or Myrna Loy, especially. Or in a movie, I just nothing else matters. What what else is going on in the world that 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 has my attention for the rest of the movie? That's awesome, Jason. What are you drinking? Oh shit, I got something good. Hmm. Something good. Hey, Doctor Pepper. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> that is good stuff. That is delicious. Yes. So good. So so good. Yeah, I had a I had a a, a, few, a few beverages last night, so uh, so I'm. I'm I'm going, uh, I'm going, uh, teetotaling tonight. That's all right. Mm-hmm. Some days you gotta, I dig it. you gotta, you gotta detox to retox. I saw the sign that said that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't care. Right. <laughs> all right. Let's do some comics talk. I'm, I'm itching to get into it. There's good stuff everywhere. I heard. Seems. So, yeah. You heard. You heard right. So like what? Well, I'm not starting it off. Nah. I'm just in, I'm instigating it. That's, that's what I do. All right, I, I, I want to jump into something. Then I read something Go ahead. that, that uh, no. it, it pretty much left me uh, baffled. Mm, well, be wary because you're you're breaking up a little bit. Oh, really? Yeah. Mm. So go ahead. I'll tell you if it gets uh, really bad. That's discouraging. There you go. Hmm. Um, Shao, Shaolin Cowboy. Ah. Oh. <laughs> now wait a minute. You just said discouraged. No, 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 no. Perplexed. Oh well. Okay. Yeah, that's par for the course for Shaolin Cowboy. Yeah. The now, where did you did you read this in the Dark Horse Presents, or did you read this Shaolin Cowboy proper? With no, the... I'm talking about the four issue limited series that came out late last year. Ah, cool. Okay. Is that still um, put out by Burley Man, or was it? Um... Dark Horse. Yeah. That Dark is Dark Horse. Horse. That's what I thought. Mm-hmm. That's what I thought. Yeah. So, here's the thing. 
Uh, for, for, for those that don't know, this is Jeff Darrow's creation. The Shaolin Cowboy is, um, a man that looks strikingly like Jeff. <laughs> and he, he is a, uh, middle-aged, overweight dude that wears sneakers and Converse sneakers, jeans, uh, a red Roy Rogers cowboy shirt, and just happens to be a kick-ass Shaolin monk. Um, so this was his triumphant return to the character after quite a while of not doing it. And Darrow is one of those living legends, right? I mean, it seems like every time he's at a con, uh, just about every other artist in the biz genuflects to him because they love his work so much and, and justifiably so. Uh, he's a nice dude. We've talked to him. Dap and I chatted him up at, at Heroes Con. We've talked to him a bunch of times before. He's a great guy and his art is stunning. Um, yeah, so, he's, he's in- incredibly humble to the point where you actually don't believe it. Definitely. Right? Because remember when we yeah. were talking to him, he, he was disparaging his own work and it's like, I'm not that yes. good and this is just, like, please, come on, yeah. look at the paper. And yeah. I knew going in that this would be absolutely breathtakingly. Um, but it's an absolutely stunning four issue story. And I use story in the loosest sense of the word. There are probably, I'm going to say there are probably, uh, 10 word balloons in the entire four issues tops. Mm-hmm. And the, the, the entirety of the four issues is the Shaolin cowboy fighting a horde of zombies in the desert. That's the entire thing. And I mean, that is really the entire thing. I mean, for three and a half issues, it is just panel after panel of the Shaolin cowboy fighting zombies. Mm-hmm. Um, which I don't know. It, 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 it was, it was certainly not what I expected. Um, and I found it, um, judging it for what it was, I, I found it nice to see his, his art, but I found it very, very repetitive. Um, and not all that compelling on itself. What what made it interesting and why I wanted to bring it up is after I was done with it, my first reaction was, huh. But my second reaction was, this sneaky motherfucker. He did this as his way of protesting The Walking Dead. That's what this is all about. This is him spending 96 pages literally having his character lay waste without end to The Walking Dead with, with no other reason than being overwhelmed by it. And I just thought this, this is knowing Darrow and how, uh, how witty he is and how satirical he is. This, I, I feel like he just thought wouldn't it be a blast to, uh, take a stab at what is at this point the comic cultural phenomenon that's overwhelming pop culture now. And right. that's what he did. And it looks great, yeah. but it, it's really honestly could have been a one shot. It, it should have been a one shot. It would have had See, just as much impact, I think. I, um, group Darrow into the same category with Jim Woodring. And Woodring's stuff, like Darrow's, incredibly idiosyncratic. There are things going on that may not make sense 
to anyone but the author or the artist in, in question. Mm-hmm. There, there, there's image associations. They're, 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 they're all, both of their work is incredibly dreamlike. It, it, the, the, the reality into which you enter when you open a Jim Woodring book and, and a Darrow book, nowhere near close to, to our own. Nowhere, nowhere near to anything we've, we're comfortable with. So, um, there, there are a lot of statements being made, but in a lot of cases, I think the authors are, um, the only ones that are really getting them, really understanding the meaning there. I mean, I love Daryl's stuff mostly for the surface level, like you, mm-hmm. like yourself. Yeah. I mean, an incredible draftsman. I, I just, I, I've learned so much from him and I continue to marvel at his work and that's enough for me. But like you said, you can go deeper and, you know, just, just the, the, the content is almost uh, redundant on a, on a Daryl level. Like if he took 96 pages to, to make a comment on the, 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 uh, omnipresence of the walking dead, that's great. That's fine for him. And I, I would just be happy to uh, wait in that world, just looking at the beautiful pictures. And it was it was visually stunning, and, and I enjoyed I enjoyed the visuals of it. But sitting down to read them all at one sitting, it took me hmm, not even fifteen minutes to read all four issues. Wow. Yeah, it would probably take me longer because I would linger, you know, just because. But here's the thing. And I, I'm, I'm gathering, by the way, we're discussing this. You haven't read these issues? I have them, but I haven't read them. Here's the thing. Normally, there would be enough visual distinction between the stuff that you would take your time. But quite literally, it's the same type of zombies getting killed in the same way for almost the entirety of the series. Just Are panel after sight? panel. No sight gags or, or visual? Every now and then. You know, a panel with some zombie cats thrown in, a panel with, with zombies that have tattoos that are kind of funny. But but for the most part, no. Um, and it's... Well, maybe he's saying Walking Dead is boring. I, I, I think he is making that case. I think it, that's exactly what he was saying, is we're swallowed up by this phenomenon, and it's basically ad nauseum and tedium and... and wow. Uh, what, <laughs> that's a lot of work for the punchline. It because, is, and I could be totally know, off base. <laughs> I, I did a little yeah. web browsing after I read it to see if I was alone in my conclusions, and I certainly didn't come across anything from Darrow, not that I expected to, or or any uh, anyone that that overtly made this conclusion that I've come to. So I'm a lot of people that have read it could be sitting here listening to this, thinking I'm out of my mind, and maybe I am. Maybe I'm yeah. I'm putting my own uh, exhaustion with Walking Dead onto this, but. But, uh, yeah, I really did feel like that was the point he was trying to make. So if I'm wrong, well, so be it. Well, you're, if that's what you got out of it, and you, 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 I know you, you don't read things. You don't read into things. You, you let the work read into you, right? Um, if that's what you got out of it, then that was, um, that was the goal, right? If, who's to say you're wrong? Yeah, yeah, uh, well, exactly. But, uh, right. But that's the thing. When I go into Woodring stuff, I'm not going to admit that I understand the majority of it. Uh, there's a lot of stuff in Woodring's work that it just 
either goes uh, over my head or it's just too personal, uh, too tied to the author to where I wouldn't understand it even, you know, on on a good day. So I'm, I'm thinking that maybe that there's some of that in there too. Maybe it's just, uh, you don't, you're not supposed to understand it. Mm-hmm. But that that's I'm not saying that as a cop out. Oh, you're, it's so deep you can't understand it. Maybe it's just the author working through some some graphic demons. Maybe he's just trying to find a different style or or a different way of telling stories. Or maybe he wanted to experiment with something. There could be a the 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 guiding force behind the artwork could be a million different things. None and we'll never know any of it unless we talk to the dude. Well, and then the 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 ending of the of the series. I, I think was the exclamation point on the on on the pop culture critique. And what was that? Um, you guys are okay with me saying what happens? Yeah. Okay. Um, so, so quite literally, for three and a half issues, it's just Cowboy doing everything he can to take out the, these zombies in the desert, and and eventually his uh, his his. Uh, um, his weapons, he runs, you know, he runs out of weapons. He's using his fists and then he's, he's pretty much vanquished them all. It, it's seemingly thousands at this point and he's exhausted and he's ready to collapse. And then the next scene is he is, he gets shot. He gets killed, shot right through the head, dead, <laughs> falls down. And then it pans back and from a mountaintop is a bunch of young hipster kids with a sniper rifle and chugging beers talking about how they just, uh, uh, took his ass out. Bam. Yeah. We really fucked up that ship, bro. Awesome. And, uh, it, you know, there's these young punk kids that he had first run into, uh, at the very beginning of the comic. And it just, again, was like, he, he's just saying, oh, I don't, I don't, I don't get it. I don't get the young, what the young kids think are cool anymore. Uh, and, and so there you go. And they ended. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm no longer relevant to pop culture is, is the, it just seemed like that was the exclamation point he was trying to put it on. So. Makes a lot of sense. I mean, your analysis makes a lot of sense that you would take it as that because it could be Darrow just feeling like maybe his work has reached that point where he's just he can't connect with the the younger kids, or maybe he just uh, and he, there is shades of the ending to the original Night of Living Dead in there, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. With with, mm-hmm. with Dwayne Jones getting popped by the by the the Mounties or whatever you want to call them. Right. Yeah, I don't, I have to look at this now because I, mean, I love things like that where there's, everything's not spelled out. Yeah. Yeah. And, and again, he, he's a dude that, uh, um, his art is, is absolutely stunning. Yeah. But the fact that he does resemble the cowboy so much, you could, you, that, that, that's your, your trigger to read so much. Into I think it. so. I think so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's awesome. It was, I got to yeah. pull those out. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, we'll take you along. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. It will. It will. Uh, Jason. David. How did um, how did the boys and, for that matter, Beth enjoy Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? I was stunned because they all told me it was good, including my wife, which I thought she would hate it. Uh, she knows next to nothing about the turtles other than that the boys are into the cartoon. Um, in fact, I nearly wrote Colin out of the will because he told me that while he loved Guardians of the Galaxy, Turtles had way better action, Dad. No. And I, 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 
like I said, I had trouble restraining myself, but yeah. he stands, he stands by the claim. Uh, Why do you ask? No, because I, I, um, I kind of expected that to be the answer. Um, I know that behind the scenes, I know that, uh, that came up one weekend and, and, uh, and you fought it and, and, and I would have too. I, I absolutely, you know, I'm not, even when it's on USA edited to shit, I don't think I'll bother watching, stopping to, to see any of it. So, um, it just doesn't look like it interests me. I, I, I appreciate that it has, it has the audience and, and it's, um, you know, and it keeps the turtles alive, but, um, it's not something that I want to see, but I, I think based on who I've heard from who, who have enjoyed it, um, it, uh, it seems to be hitting that, um, it's not as divisive as, as say, Man of Steel. It is mm-hmm. basically <laughs> what it seems to be, but it's, it's, um, I, I, I think that, you know, if, 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 if the kids are digging it, if, if someone like Beth who knows nothing about the, that universe got something out of it, then, then, you know, more power to him than he did something right. Um, but, uh, yeah. no, I, um, I, 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 I mean, I'm not, I'm not coming down on it. I just, it's something that I have been meaning to ask you and, and for whatever reason, uh, it came to me tonight instead of just PMing you like we do throughout the day. Uh, that, right. that, that usually gets me through the day, but yeah. Well, <laughs> I am super happy and, and the 27,000th reason I love my wife is that she fell on that sword and went without me to take them to see that. So I didn't have to. So. <laughs> that is, that is a trooper. The, um, uh, I, I have, well, while it's still sort of kind of fresh in my mind and because I know, I know Vince is, is champing at the bit to, to talk about a couple things. Um, last Friday, um, it's comic related, uh, because of what came with the program. But last Friday, I, um, I, I schlepped all the way down to Brooklyn and went to the Barclays Center, met my aunt and, um, and her partner and, uh, partner's grandson and we saw Marvel Universe live. And I had, I didn't know anything about this. Um, I saw, I saw my aunt there in the summer and, and then she sent me an email and she told me, you know, about Marvel Universe, they, they, they live, they live on Atlantic, right off of Atlantic Avenue, so, so Barclays is, is five minutes from their house, and, uh, so, so they're, they're there to see the Nets, they saw, um, actually Vita saw Jay-Z for the two nights he, what, two of the nights that he was in concert during the summer, um, so it was my first time at Barclays, it's a beautiful arena. Oh, for that is, yeah. It, it absolutely is, um, so, so Gail sends me, you know, an email about, Marvel Universe Live. I have no idea what the hell this is about. So I'm like, yeah, cool. You know, sure. I'll, I'll see it. And I, I, um, I got a real big kick out of it. It is, it's the, and I sent you guys photos during it. It's, it's a live action, um, basically just, uh, over a dozen, almost two, maybe over two dozen, um, Marvel Universe characters, uh, uh, live and, and in person. It, it you know, it, it's set up, it, could remind somebody of like the ice capades or, um, or what you would see at a, um, at a theme park where the characters are dressed up as the superheroes. But the storyline was really cool. Um, some of it was really cheesy. I, Lizard looked like a, a walking beanie baby. He was just all puffy. Uh, 
Iron Man was crazy short. And, uh, <laughs> but what was cool is that it took like, um, it, it basically, cause it's, it's not a movie. It's not made by the movie studio. So you had Storm Wolverine and Cyclops and you had, oh, obviously no Fantastic Four. You had Spider-Man. You had Bulk of the Avengers. So they kind of mashed up, um, various elements of, of, um, elements of the various Marvel universes. I, like this, Peter Parker was a teenager skateboarding teenager who very similar to I, I guess Andrew Garfield's portrayal of Peter Parker from from the amazing Spider-Man movies um, Wolverine was uh, sounded a little bit sound, sounded more like Christian Bale as Batman but he, he definitely had that that Hugh Jackman attitude uh, Cyclops and Storm pretty much didn't do a whole hell of a lot except get captured for I don't even know they they were there the whole thing as in the comics right I mean it's not she didn't even like use any there were no weather effects (laughs) the laser lights were really cool and I mean the whole whole what (laughs) okay look Uh, a door storm open it it. I'm I'm out Um, Um, so I mean it starts off with um, (laughs) Thor shattering the cosmic cube and what yes. So you know, I mean, they're not calling it the tesseract. It's actually the cosmic cube. He shatters it. It he 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 sends it all over the universe. Loki finds some some shards. The dude who plays Loki is it basically channeled Tom Hiddleston. It was it was he was fantastic. Um, so he's trying to collect shards of the cube. And he's also trying to, and because of that, he's going to make his own. Cosmic Cube. So he's trying to clone the cube, and in order to do that, he needs the DNA from mutants, and that's why um, Storm and Cyclops and Wolverine are, are captured in this huge contraption. I just have one question before you go sure. on: Is the dialogue sung or spoken? It's all spoken. No one's singing. Oh, good. No, good. And, and the, some of the dialogue is pretty cheesy, especially like with, with with Captain America or Iron Man. But the motorcycle stunts are are fabulous. Um, the dialogue should be cheap. It absolutely, yes, yeah. I mean, it, it's yeah, just not like a comic that. book. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's not. It, it's not like groan-inducing, or you're rolling your eyes, or or, or it takes you out of the story. Um, but it's <laughs> it's you know, the Red Skull is one of the villains. You have Aim, um, Loki, the 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 the, the uh, Chitari are, um, are, wow. are Loki's henchmen. Um, Madame Hydra is there. The heroes are. Um, Thor, Spider-Man, Iron Man, Captain America, Hawkeye, Black Widow, um, Nick Fury, Maria Hill, um, the, the 3X-Men. I mean, they just, they, Hulk, Hulk doesn't, Bruce Banner is, is, is funny. Um, Hulk doesn't really show up until the end because it, it, it really is just like a, a, a big lumbering, um, just, Muppet. you kind of, yeah, pretty much. That's cool. Um, but it, it's, uh, there's a scene where Spidey teams up with Thor to take on most of the Sinister Six. Uh, the, um, Wolverine. Mysterio? Uh, no, no Mysterio. It was, uh, Rhino, Lizard, Goblin, Black Cat shows up just to try to steal it and then, and then she kind of like gets done away with pretty quickly. Um, uh, I, I assume it's an all ages costume Black Cat. It's, yeah. Yeah, it, but it's very similar to the recent slot look. It, 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 what okay. Ramos is doing. Uh, Falcon 
is in it. Um, they, they really, I mean, they just, they went, uh, with the exception of Fantastic Four, they, they, they got pretty much everybody who would be useful in, in this type of story. And, uh, and no, I mean, it was four of us, um, my aunt and, and Vita, they, they got a kick out of it. They enjoyed it. They were laughing. The, uh, the chachis that they were selling for it, um, one of them was a, uh, was, was a light up wrist, um, not watch, but it, it's a huge honking thing goes on the kid's wrist. Uh, and what, when we, when we're introduced to Peter Parker in the story, he's stopping by, uh, Tony's penthouse and, and Pepper is there, uh, because he's trying, he's, he's showing Tony what, what he just made for Iron Man so that when, if, if the arc reactor ever fails and a backup battery ever fails, then Iron Man can use this to, uh, siphon the power off of car batteries, cell phones, anything in the area. So when Iron Man needs it, all the kids' wrists in the arena start flashing and whatnot because he's drawing the power from mm-hmm. it. And it's, uh, oh, that's yeah, neat. no, yeah. I mean, overall, it was, it was, it was entertaining. It was, it was about two hours. It was a short intermission. Um, I would definitely recommend it if, if, uh, if it's coming to your area. There, it's, seems to be making its way, um, down and, or up and over from, from the East Coast. I think it was in Jersey last week. It's going to, um, I think Mario said that it was, it would be in Pittsburgh soon. Um, but it's, uh, yeah, I, I just thought I, like I said, I didn't know anything about it. I, I had, uh, I didn't know what to expect as far as based on what the website shows you and, and, um, the stunts and everything, or just, I was, I was mostly concerned about the costumes, but I mean, as you're watching everything with the lights and, and the smoke and, and the, the fight scenes and how court, how well the core, um, the choreography is, uh, you just kind of, Forget that uh, the guy wearing the Wolverine costume has, you know, padded arms and, and, uh, it's, and, and, you know, at the end, they all come around the, uh, the rim of the arena. So, so, so they all pose so you can take the pictures. And that's the other thing. They actually, uh, Jarvis is your narrator and, um, he sets the stage for what happens before the show starts and, and after the intermission, uh, and they make the announcement that, um, uh, photography is encouraged. You can film it. You can, uh, take video of, of your, of your time at the, uh, at the event as long as it's, you know, no commercial use for your personal entertainment. And, and, uh, it was, it was a lot of fun. I, like I said, I, I would recommend it. Yeah. See, I, I, there's one thing I get out of that whole thing. It sounds like a lot of fun, but I'm, I, I find this, this ostracizing of the Fantastic Four extremely upsetting. It's, but it's not like it. I don't. As you're watching it, as a comic book fan, maybe you'd say, "Oh well, you know, Reed could have got them out of that." But I mean, you know, do you really read too many Avengers or Spidey books? Going, oh, I think if things showed up, this would have made. You know, it just it. No, but if there's something that's been spread across the universe, there's one place you go to to find out where and why. But there was no Mole Man. They didn't fight Galactus. The, 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 there wasn't there wasn't anything related to the Fantastic Four that would make you think, oh, the, oh what was missing was the Fantastic Four. Well, yeah, maybe because it was written that way. But I, I just don't. I, I I fail to see how this is going to benefit anybody. That 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 they're just whitewashing the Fantastic Four like this. It just it bothers me. It really does. That you know, pretty soon you're not going to have a Fantastic Four comic. Just because of some stupid movie deal that that somebody 
wasn't thinking and made a long time ago. Right. And it just, it bothers me. It, I, is, there's going to be a time when, when someone's going to look at, and eventually there's going to be another Fantastic Four ongoing. Somebody's going to say, oh yeah, that's, those are the characters from those really bad movies. You know, not, not that that's a great comic or, you know, word of mouth is, I, it, it should not be. J, Jason, do you have an opinion on this? Cause, you know, you know me uh, in I business. I feel like we've, we've, we run the risk of, if we go down this road again of, I don't know, I feel like we've had this discussion a million times. It, 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 it just bothers it, I know it bothers it's, you, but it's, 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 it's you know, we, we it, I, I don't think much of our audience gets too excited when we start talking business and, and if we, this right. is really about right. a business conversation, right? It's, it's, yeah, like you yeah, said, yeah. it's, it's the movies. It's, it's just that the movies are the money makers and, um, whether we like it or not, that's, uh, that's the path they're taking for now, so. I mean, if, if the Fantastic Four movies were successful, then may, I mean, at least with the X-Men movies, they're making money. Uh, Days of Future Past did pretty well. Uh, right, right. But to see, the th- another thing, yes, they don't own the, the, the movie, the bulk of the movie, uh, profits from X-Men or Spider-Man, but yet they're in the damn thing. Like, what, you know what I mean? Yes. Okay, so, so the, so the, the Spider-Man movies did well, and, and the X-Men movies continue to do well, so they're okay, but, you know, we gotta poop on the Fantastic Four. I don't know. It's, they're the, they're the foundation of the Marvel I damn think universe. You're right, and I think, I think if they, I, I would absolutely back up your point. If, if there were any winks to the audience, or if, if they made any sort of acknowledgement about the Fantastic Four in the show, then I would definitely say, well, that was, that was a low blow. But, right. I mean, it's not, you, it, you just, you're watching this for two hours and you're seeing all these other characters interact that you don't, that you would never see in the movies. Right. But it's, it's like I said, it's, it's, um. I just can't help be sad. And it's, and, and sure. I mean, you know, I mean, people are, Stephen Wooder would love that, uh, would love for Hank Pym to be the, the focal point of the Ant-Man movie. I, I'm, I'm cool with it being Scott Lang, but I, I definitely get that, you know, there are people who have a connection to certain characters and they, and they'd like to see their time shine. Right, but it's not like I'm saying, oh man, there was no 3D man in in there, you know, or no wood, no wood wood guy. This, this this sucks, you know. Is this the Fantastic Four we're talking about? I know. And if, if, if it was successful, maybe there'd be a a live action FF, but no, I, I just, and hey, you know, Spidey was Fantastic Four, so he's on it. Right. But, okay, let, let's just, let's get all happy and, and, uh, talk about some stuff that was awesome. What was awesome? I got a lot of stuff that was awesome. Everything. Was awesome. Um, uh, two of which were extremely meta. One, probably the the most meta thing uh, I've read in 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 decades, right? Uh, and it's no um, secret that we have been kind of lukewarm on DC lately. I think that's fair. Uh, for a lot of reasons, mainly because, you know, we're just not reading a lot of stuff because there's no attraction, whatever the reason. Um, and, and, you know, this, the other stuff isn't really um, pushing the buttons, but something I read today, just came out today, uh, really pushed the buttons. And I'm not going to get too deep into it because people are waiting to read this. Jason is one of, of course. them. But I will say the the much delayed... Um, Multiversity by Mr. Grant Morrison was well worth the wait. Okay. 
it was all kinds of awesome. What, 12 years in the making, right? It's been a long time. Yeah, yeah, Um, And for the people playing along at home, uh, written by Mr. Grant Morrison. Um, Pencils, thank you, Jason, for telling me how to say this, was Yvon Reese. Yes. No, Yvon Heiss. Yes. Oh, it's Heiss. Why do I get it wrong? Well, there's no surprise that I get it wrong all the time. Yvon Heiss, yeah. Yvon Heiss. Mm -hmm. Well, okay. Uh, let's see if there was, there's an inker on here. Uh, you know, the title page is buried almost, what, three quarters of the way into the book? Really? Better, almost, almost half. Let's see. No, it's, it's the page before the halfway mark. You get the title page. Multiversity, the House of Heroes, written by Grant Morrison, Yvonne Heiss. Yes. Yes. Penciler. Mm-hmm. Joe, Joe Prado inked it. Neil Ruffino colored it. And, uh, Wow, I guess there's variant covers by Morrison himself. No shit. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's what it says here. Yeah, I didn't see any, but uh, so so be it. Um, your main character is Superman, but not, uh, to my knowledge, not any Superman we've encountered not the final before. Final Superman. No, it's the Superman from Earth twenty three. Okay. He he is a black man. Yep. Whose alter ego just happens to be. President of the United States. So, in effect, your main character is Barack Obama. But isn't that the one from Final Crisis? Um, it could be. I thought it was. Yeah, he did, I thought he showed up in one of the towards the end of the issues. I don't want to talk too much about that because there are things in that that play out here. I, I don't want to get into it. But yeah, it, the, uh, memory is is faulty. This may this probably is the Superman from. From Final Crisis, and uh, it's Morrison playing with um, creative thought, okay. and create and creative thought becoming reality. He he, in a sense, he said he wants to make the DC universe a sentient being. Um, whether that means in the fictional construct of the DC universe proper or whether he wants art to uh imitate life and have this thing become real uh knowing Morrison you can pick either one right um it's amazing okay. it's really it's um, it's it's extremely meta i absolutely love the logo yeah yeah i think the i'll liken it to um what hickman does at the beginning of the Avengers, where he'll let you know which heroes are going to be in the issue. The number Earths are along the spine of the cover. Mm-hmm. I think that's pretty cool. It is. It's awesome. Is you've got yeah. Earth Earth Zero is on it. Is, is Earth Zero Earth Prime? Do we know or? Um, someone does. Okay. No, I'm, just, I'm just curious. But I mean, so they're all numbers zero through fifty-one, and you have like eleven, sixteen. You said twenty-three. So yeah, so the ones that are are in bold or not grayed out are the ones I'm going to assume are in the issue. That that's pretty cool. Yeah, I, I bought the sketch cover. The mm-hmm. it has a a wrap around cardstock uh, cover. I never know. Maybe I'll get a sketch done someday. Who knows? But the the never reason why. I did. The reason why I did buy it was because it's a much more sturdy cover than the the uh, self cover they're going with these days with that flimsy cover stock. 
but uh no uh the art is absolutely incredible they picked the the a very good choice in in heist to to draw this thing because it's it's complex it's 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 uh the scope is gigantic and uh he he pretty much brings it all home the layouts are just amazing the villains are appropriately nasty uh yeah it's well not not to poop on jason but it it's a a universal threat and somebody has to combat it that's that's the the thing in a nutshell and it it was really great well, well, I can't say anything else without dumping some beans, so I'll leave it That's at that. That's right. It's, Sh- if, shut if, your if, mouth. If, yeah, and from what I'm I'm reading, it's two the the multiversity proper is two issues, two book bookend issues, and then you're going to get six one shots in between, and that's it. Well, I don't know if it's going to spill over into the regular the ongoing books, but as far as multiversity itself is concerned, it's only eight issues. Okay. If what I'm I'm reading is correct, yeah, I, would, I wouldn't mind that. Yep, there, <laughs> he um, he's has his fingers in a lot of different pots in this. It's it's not just the DC universe, and I'll leave it at that. So it's great, it's really great. But so not that that was just a surface uh, examination. The thing I want to really talk about the other meta book i read was i rekindled my love of fables which is exciting to me because yeah uh i have been the lone fables reader for yeah uh, quite some time now at least a year and you know and, and and it dawned on me as i was doing it i think you need to take a break from fables every once in a while um because it's so good because it's it, it's overwhelmingly good I don't think I've ever um, walked away from an issue of fables saying the the story just didn't do it for me, or the something seemed off this issue, or the art just wasn't bringing it, you know, wasn't hitting home. I I never say that. Buckingham is one of the very best of the best. There's I don't think there's any question. Anyone challenge me on that? That Buckingham is just a, a, a talent of a gigantic magnitude. The, the guy's incredible. Uh, Willingham, he, he lives and breathes these characters. They, they, they evolve over time. One of them, uh, in the arc that I read, which was the super team arc, which takes place from issue 102 to 106, uh, one of them has changed extremely since the beginning of Fables, and that's Flycatcher. Oh, absolutely, sure. I mean, yeah, at, uh, at, when this story opens, Flycatcher's pretty much Holding down the fort. He is in charge of everything. Uh, he's the frog, was once the frog prince, now he's the frog king. He, he, he has been set up as the, the protector of, of Haven, um, because he is solely responsible for keeping out, um, the dark man. Uh, the, the, the big bad from, from the storyline previously that I think it culminated in issue 100, right? Um, Flycatcher is using his magics to keep a protective wall or a barrier, um, an invisible barrier around Haven to keep uh, the 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 dark dude out. So most of his concentration is going there, but he's still doing stuff. He's still directing day to day business and and setting up uh, other um, uh, 
means of protection for for the the fables uh mostly they are establishing a super team because they know the day is going to come when that barrier is going to fall i mean flycatcher can only do so much he he's not human but he he is finite right uh well no that's not true um he his will will eventually falter and and he'll lose it and the barrier will fall so they they want to protect themselves against that so he kind of sets up Pinocchio uh, as the the dude in charge because Pinocchio is well versed in comic books. He knows his funny books. So so he along with Ozma are are trying to get this super team together, and that's where the meta comes in, where Pinocchio will say, you know, we got to have a big muscle guy because all the great super teams have a big muscle guy, and then later on in the in the in the story. Um, you gotta have a, a a miniature person, cause, you know, that's how it's done, and we have to wear bright, outlandish costumes, cause you gotta go by the script, and, and this is what needs to be done, and, and Ozma challenges him on everything. She's a real pain in the ass, but doesn't hesitate to put on the costume. I'm thinking she's liking the costume. Mm-hmm. You're liking yeah. the cosplay, eh? <laughs> yeah. But it, I mean, and, but there's other things going on in this, in this arc too. It's only what, uh, five issues, and you get the whole threat with with uh, uh, the from Dead World. You get um, Bigby's father, the North Wind, who made this ridiculous pledge to stamp out monsters, aberrations wherever he finds them. Unfortunately, one of his grandchildren is said aberration. It's true. Um, yeah, the Zephyr, the. Uh, uh, nickname uh, the ghost, and um, so now the Northwind has to kill his grandchild because he's bound by um, his word. Uh, thankfully, it doesn't turn out that way. Um, Bigby steps up and does something that you don't get to see Bigby do too often, and that's talk his way out of something. Uses his his smarts. Uh, then you have the the Mrs. Spratt, Jack Spratt's wife, who is being groomed by by the Dark Man to uh, um, drop a whole bunch of weight. And uh, yeah, she does, but she has an ulterior motive. She she wants revenge uh, on uh, on the fables, and uh, she's just lying in wait to the day when they return to their their homeland, and she's gonna she's gonna take them all out. It's it's just it's an incredible story. It it's it's amazing. The the Buckingham's layouts are just holy mackerel. There, there's a training sequence in one o I think it's one o two where the there's a double page spread with the gigantic troll guy, um the 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 red um, black speckled troll, and it you would swear that he is the heir apparent to Kirby. I mean, <laughs> Buckingham. Is very Kirby-esque. And, and I will say that, uh, Lee Aloha, he is the Mike Royer to Buckingham, Buckingham's Kirby. He, he, he really abides by Buckingham's line and does the guy huge service. It's just, in some pages of the, the, the color art will be painted. Some pages it'll be relatively, relatively flat, like traditional um, comic book color art, but then other pages it looks like watercolor art. It's just fables is head spinningly good. It and, is, and, and, and I I feel like 
a good chunk of the audience gave up after the first 75 issues. And to be Me, fair, and, and I think what put you off on it for a while and why you took a break is the Mr. Dark stuff was a bit of a slog. It did feel heavier and less um, fantastical. Yeah, the literal crossover definitely didn't help. I think. No, I th- I think that was a major major mistake. Yeah, yeah, I think that's probably accurate as well. Um, but and Geppetto is still in in Haven, and he's just ineffectual. But again, he's not idle. He's planning his his comeback, and it's just there's so many things going on. But well, not having Ozma, dude. I mean, you didn't. You kind of brushed over Ozma. I mean, she's there's something about all the witches in this book, right? They're just all such connivers. Yeah, but the, and then Buffkin in Oz. You know, it's just there's there's threads going through this thing. But that's the thing I really wanted to slam home. I took a serious break from Fables. What two years? Mm-hmm. And I had no no trouble jumping back in. Which is awesome. Uh, it's a testament to the power of the characters. And the world and, and the creative team, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Um, th- my favorite thing is, is the, uh, the borders that Buckingham oh, uses. I know. I know. It's yeah, it's, it's, it's a relatively easy thing to do. He has to create, like, the, as the, the lands change, like when we go to, um, Northwind's castle, the, 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 Borders will change when we go to, you know, Darkland. The, the the borders turn into like skeleton piles of bones, and uh, then then as it gets back to Haven. But so he creates like one for each land, and like I said, it's relatively easy to do, but it's so effective. You know exactly where you are when you see that border. The border. It's there. The, he doesn't need a narrative caption like Meanwhile in in Haven or Meanwhile in Homeland. You know, it's it's boom. You know exactly where you are. That that's really smart, really effective, and it doesn't really take all that much effort to do. It's just smart, right? Absolutely, it is. I mean, he's a he's another guy that because he spent such a long chunk of his career on this one book that way too few people recognize him for the modern master that he is. Oh, he is, and you get, let's admit, for a lot of years he was uh, in the shadow of Bocello. Yeah. Yeah, you know, because for a long time it was, uh, Bicello and Buckingham. And once, uh, he stepped, I think it was that death, the, the high, was it, what was the miniseries that he did with, from Sandman? Death, the high was that, Yeah, yeah. Once he kind of, you know, took a sidestep and, and into the light, I don't think he, he's ever gone back. He did the witches thing and then boom, fables, he exploded. He, he's, he's a major, major talent. Oh, and absolutely. So and then, uh, I read, also read the Inherit the Wind, um, arc, and that's just, it's like one better, every arc is just as good as or better than the one became, that came before. It didn't pan out the way I thought it would. I thought I had an idea, but it didn't work out that way. Uh, but it was nonetheless fulfilling and surprising and amazing and just, um, I'm, 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 I'm so silly for, for letting it go. But like I said, I think you need to step away from fables for a little while just to reacquaint yourself with the fact that you are reading one of the best of the best. Because if you, if you read it every month, 
the 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 magnitude of the thing is is kind of lost on you because you, you you know it's you get into that that not a rut but but that um process where you expect it and you get it and you expect it and you get it you know and and it's just after a while when something's gone it's like going on vacation for a little while and you come back and and you you know you see your wife in the doorway and it's like damn i married a fine woman but you don't say that every day right i do because you I do. well i don't because you you miss them because you're with them every day but sometimes it just helps to be reminded that yeah you got it good and right. we do have a hug a kiss pinch on the ass um, uh, twelve issues of fables. <laughs> Just you know, yes. Don't uh, don't um ignore the fables. Get on there and get out there and read it because it's 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 a thing of legend, literally. Uh huh. Yeah. You know this, and it's ending. With what issue? Uh, what one fifty? I think it's one forty three. Came out today. Yeah. Well, he announced it was ending a couple months ago. There's only seven issues of Fables left. I think so. Mm. And then, what about Rose with the the whole um, Ambassador of Hope thing going on? Like that, I don't. That can't end well. Mm. Yeah, I just it is. Uh, he's ending it with issue 150. Yes. Well, I came back to Fables just to. Well, right, but you it. just got these were issues 102 to 106, right? So yeah, I got a lot to he's read. Got four years worth of comics still to read. That's cool. Yeah. And I thought when James Jean left that the cover art would suffer, like they would never find a suitable replacement. But um this guy um ja, is it Yao Ruiz? How do you pronounce it? Uh um, Is it Yao? I forget. I forget. But he's great. Yeah. I I I don't I don't think I would compare him exactly to James Jean, but he can hold his own. Like the, the, I haven't seen a a bad Fables cover. I've been like, no, oh, that's shit. No, uh, I think they've all been very, very well done. Yep. Yeah, he's he's a beast as well. I, I think. How do you follow? How do you follow James Jean? What? How do you follow James Jean? Very hard. That jeez. So yeah, I got more stuff, but I'll I'll turn the table in another direction. Let's see what I read a lot. I read a lot. As did I. But I, I, I know David found time to read something. Uh, actually, this morning. Uh, yeah, I, I read a couple of things over the past couple of days. But um, this morning I read a um, – I read the issue – I read an issue of a series that ended uh, a few months ago. And it was a new issue that was released – Within the past couple of weeks, uh, Superior Spider-Man number thirty-two, because the series ended at thirty-one, and then we had Amazing Spider-Man. Uh, this it's it's weird. I would not have been mad at them if they had numbered this um, nineteen point five, or I'm sorry, nineteen point one, uh, or nineteen point now. The events in this issue. Um, Take place during Superior Spider-Man number 19. So even though it's issue 32, it's back when Otto was still Spider-Man. And, um, and it... Was that the one with the transporter? The, the, yes. It's, uh, and it is the, it is the, the kickoff issue of this Spider-Verse storyline. 
Mm-hmm. Um, written by, well, the plot is by Slot, uh, written by Christos Gage and, um, Giuseppe Gamacoli is your penciler, John Della's angst. There is a short, um, few page backup story, uh, drawn by, oh, well, I don't want to, um, say the wrong first name, but it is, um, it is penciled, um, by, uh, Gage is the writer. Adam Kubert is your artist. Um, no kidding. Yeah. So it's, um, cause you know, nature abhors a vacuum and all that other stuff. Uh, when Miguel was in present time or Miguel's past, uh, during this event at, um, at Horizon Labs when, when this whole thing was happening, uh, Otto was sent to the year 2099 and he is working and he figures being Otto that, um, his intellect and the technology of the future, he'll be able to get back home lickety split. No problem. Won't even miss me. I, my brains can't match the future and, and, and sky's the limit and, and all that. So, um, he, he actually, he, he transforms, um, Miguel's, uh, the, um, his, his, his person, his, his home assistant, the, the, the hologram, the, the, the computer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, 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 uh, he, he basically, by the end of the issue, um, she's a, a holographic Anna Maria, uh, Aww, that is so cool. So, uh, so there's that, but he, um, He's, he's trying to find his way back home, but what's happening is he ends up, uh, hitting alternate universes. Uh, and there seems to be one common theme in each universe. And, uh, and, and I'll let the reader follow Otto along with it as, as he makes this realization. But, um, there's, there's a mystery. Uh, there is, uh, the game is definitely afoot. There, uh, Otto has to um, enlist alternate spider. I don't want to say men because in the last page there is a female, so spider persons um, to to battle uh, the big bad. And it's um, it's it's a yeah, it's more Minecraft. It's a <laughs> Minecraft. I'll draft something. The uh, it's it's um, I you know what I'm. I know that apparently there's something going on with with Avengers, whether it's Hickman or Remender or, or whatever the hell Axis is. Like I said, I'm not I I, I don't read preview, so I don't know about any any events or, aside from Original Sin, um, good or bad. I don't know what's next, and and I and that this this is a event. This is an event that's taking place. Well, sort of, kind of in the past. Because it's it's using a character who is no longer around, um, but also I don't think we'll be bleeding into other Marvel titles. I don't think you're going to get a Spider Verse crossover with with the Avengers or the X Men. Actually, though, I don't know. I don't know. If, I don't want to say with the X Men because I have seen that um, cover that Mahmoud did with Miles and the all new X Men. So maybe something does bleed out 
Well, he's jo- joining the team. So, but I mean, how does he get here? Is so yeah, I mean, aside right. from um, Spider-Man, that that miniseries that was pretty damn interesting. Um, but this poses a real problem, though. Well, it, it's like a Miles Warren problem where you're going to have. I mean, if this doesn't resolve with Otto jumping into someone else's body, you're going to have essentially two physically exact Peter Parkers running around. Well, I I don't know because if this takes it, it if, has if this to, takes place in the past, by the time this is done, our Spider-Man will still be Peter Parker, the Amazing Spider-Man. Whatever happens has right. to happen between issues 19 and 31. So by the time Otto is done being Spider-Man, you know, I'm pretty sure Otto's story is going to remain unchanged by the time. Well, like you said, maybe he jumps into someone's body if he has to, uh, or I mean, no, he doesn't have to. You you can have two. But, two but you don't know what kind of fallout. Are, I mean, at once the um, once um. Well, since he's in the 2099 universe, there are a multitude of options available to him to maybe, maybe he'll become a hologram. Who knows? Right. You know, like, like a hard light hologram or something. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or maybe he'll get a cyber body or something, but I, I'm thinking they have to, they have to change his physical form to anything other than Peter Parker. Right. Because you can't, right. you, you can't, can't have, have yes. to. Right, right. Um, right so, you have- I'm, Go ahead. No, no, keep on. No, I thought you were done. Um, I, uh, it, I, I recommend this because if, if it's, it's been a few months, but if you are missing your auto as Spider-Man, um, this, this will fix that for you. Um, because even though as great as, as Otto was as Spidey and I wanted to see it last a long time, it doesn't take long for you to remember. He was a real dick as Spider-Man, uh, the way he carried himself and talked to other people, but it worked. Um, the uh seeing him in the future is is pretty damn cool um seeing alternate spider man's men is 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 <laughs> man uh it's um it and and some of them you'll you'll recognize like spider-man noir um i'm sure the what if spider-man will show up whether it's it's uh flash or um any of the various versions and any, any, any. I want Spider Hulk. That's what I want. You, you might get Captain Universe. I don't, I, I mean, this guy is, is, they can go as, as far as they want with this. If, if we've seen a Spider-Man in the past somewhere, um, it will probably be in this. And I don't, um, I got to the end of the issue. I don't know what the next one is. I, I'm, the digital version, uh, when I got to the end of the issue, that was it. So there was no, um, there was no checklist. There was no, uh, follow the story along here. Um, so I don't, if you you look at the solicitations for November, uh, there's a lot of spider books. Yes. Well, we got spider verse. That's what I was going to ask you guys is, are you excited for spider verse? I, I am. I, I like the, um, because like I said, Slot has a has a shit ton of, of um, credit with me, and I know that um, Latour is is working on it. There are a lot of talented people that I've seen so far um, have things to do with it. I I I like the idea of a 
Spider-Man centric event. Um, we've had the Avengers with Infinity and even in their regular books, whether it's New Avengers or the Avengers, there's a, there's some heavy shit going on in those books that Hickman and even Remender and, and Uncanny Avengers are doing. So I mean, those, those feel like event books on, in their regular ongoings. And I think even a Spider-Man event, when you have a bunch of different Spider-Man versions running around, that still feels not as heavy as an event with, with, with the Avengers and, and, um, or original sin. I just, uh, I, I think it, it looks like fun. I, I dig the alternate universe stuff. Um, yeah, and there's, uh, something else I'll talk about later kind of touches on that. But I mean, yeah, I, um, I, this, this pretty much hits everything that I'm interested in. It, it, the Otto as Spider-Man again, um, alternate versions of Spider-Man and, uh, and just there, there really are no rules. They, unlike a, a female Thor, which will shake things up and will be interesting to see, um, there's still rules that Aaron has to, has to work with, you know, she has to be worthy of the hammer and, and, and Thor is still from Asgard and, and other things that make Thor Thor. Whereas it, with Spider-Verse, I don't know what the hell's going to come around from any corner. And, and that, that interests me. You know, I must be the biggest Spider-Man mark in the world, uh, even more than David, because David has expressed displeasure with spider stories in the past. <laughs> I, I, I can't recall ever not enjoying a Spider-Man. Comic. Really? Yeah, like, um, even one more day. Or, no, or, because oh, I, I used to bust on you years ago about the whole... No, I, I wasn't. Uh, oh, original sin. Yeah. I, no, I, and I read that, that thing with the Gwen Stacy and the, and the, I, the, I, I didn't dislike, like I, I didn't dislike it on principle. I, it was a decent story, but I'm, what I'm saying is like Mad Dog Ward, um, the, the Craven's Last Hunt stuff, oh, uh, even, even Round Robin. Yep. yep. Oh, um, that was I, great. I, I, I've always read Spider-Man and I've always walked away from it. I may not be, you know, hooting and hollering and saying it was the greatest comic ever, but I've never put down a, co- a Spider-Man comic saying that mm-hmm. was absolute. Yeah, I've never shit. been pissed. I'm usually always smiling when I finish a Spider-Man story. 2099. I mean, it doesn't really matter. Even like the cosmic stuff mm-hmm. and the Spider Hulk, Art Attack from Web of Spider-Man, probably <laughs> one of the weirdest Spider-Man. I I just enjoy Spider-Man. House, I don't know House of M Spider-Man shows up. Yeah, yeah. What I find interesting is that slot originally intended for this to be still with with Otto in the body. And it is. No, no, and it isn't. No, okay. Spider Spider versus is is Spider versus is going to be Peter in the body. Oh, I see what you're saying. Okay, okay. I'm saying that oh. for the Spider Verse event, his intent the intent was originally for it to be Otto. Oh, okay. All right. And uh I think it was Brevort that talked him into saying it has to be it has to be Peter. If you're going to do this it has to be Peter. Oh, interesting. And, and, yep. Well, that's that's whatever. That's cool. That means it just impacts the six one six. Right. So now it is. So, so then it is whatever happened within issue nineteen, or by the time Otto gets back to the present day, then uh, then then there is no. So then that that out is gone. 
because if if it was if it was to stay Otto, we know that Otto gets back home and everything's put back in place because eventually Peter takes over his body again. Whereas now with Peter being involved in Spider Verse, you it, it, it has things are way the options are, are are more vast. Yeah, but the thing that worries me, and it always goes back to the romance Otto and Anna. If he gets another body, she's not going to recognize him when he eventually does make his way to the 616. And there's going to be that that intersection of the two characters. He's going to recognize her. She's not going to know who the hell he is. And that's going to be tough. That's going to be tough to read because Slot has made that relationship so real and awesome. It is. is It's an awesome awesome relationship. And then, you know, he's gonna, the, the story can basically write itself. There's so many things he can do. He's gonna, she's, he's gonna have to, whoever the auto is, the body, he's gonna have to win her over or she's not gonna want him at all, no matter what. And he's gonna be guilty and he's gonna be all angsty and shit and like, oh, I gotta get my Anna. It's gonna be great. It, there's no way it can't turn out at but least enjoyable. She, she, she's smart. She might be able to pick up on, even if it's a different body that, uh, that's still, that's still auto in there. What if she she's fell not, in love she, with the... She's not, I mean, she, she's not attracted to Peter. She was attracted well, to Otto's mind. She wasn't, I mean, she, she looks at Peter and she's like, alright, slick, whatever. Yeah, but come on, the guy's not hard on the eyes for a woman. No, definitely not. Yeah, definitely it's not, not, it's not like he looked like Otto as Otto. <laughs> you right, know, with the bold right. haircut. She probably wouldn't even look at him then. Let's be honest, if, if, that's where Slot got this all wrong. If, if Otto was in Pete's body, uh, he wouldn't be monogamously tapping it with a little person. He be uh, hitting it up and down the club scene every night with a different chick. Uh, I disagree. With that, but that's if that's if if that's what Otto was after. Otto wasn't after Trim. He was after making sure that everybody knew however great Peter Parker was or Spider Man was, that Otto was just No, I know. I'm bad. just teasing, but I'm I, saying I, a grown ass man I know. that looks like Otto uh, but it, all of a sudden looks like a, a, a <laughs> mid twenties cake boy. He's out there tapping ass every single night. But but, but see, it's it's, it's, it, it's a grown ass man who has never had it before, right? As so he'd be clamoring for right. it. So nah, you, nah, Otto's a man of science. Be all awkward and shit. Nah, I I Dude, Otto goes that. to the bunny ranch on on his birthday every year, like other nah, people son, we know. I'm sure, nah, like other no people way. we know. No. Well, then why hasn't he taken advantage of anyone he's ever had? Under his thumb before. Why didn't he, why didn't he get all rapey when he, when you know, he has... Well, hold on a second. There's a lot, there's a huge difference between getting rapey and wanting to get laid. (laughs) Not if you're a supervillain, if you've got somebody... there is. There's not, does they do it? Tell me. You're, you, Listen, you, you, I know in Cross anything goes, but but there is still a moral. Again, we, as we know with Otto, he you could be a villain and not be. I mean, would Doctor Doom ever rape someone? I mean, what? I'm saying you. you no, I don't think Doom would either. No, but I mean, yeah. I, I mean, dude. I mean, I, again, I think they they, uh, they there's a there's a delineation in in because someone's willing to commit a crime doesn't mean they're willing to commit or ready to commit any crime. I just don't think uh, Otto's driving uh, force is is uh, anything below the belt ever. Even, even, you know, in the, in the best of times, I think Otto is a man driven by science and knowledge and making people realize that he's the very best at everything. And the guilt with the parents probably, or the father especially, probably, uh, founded a lot of that. I don't know. Interesting though. I'm just saying there's, 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 
Trouble in the Waters for Otto and Anna. I'm going to love reading it. As long as they get together in the end. <laughs> yes, indeed. Respect. I just wanted to use rapey in a sentence. <sighs> rapey. Rapey. That's a, that's a Joss Whedon word. Mm. Re- Let's put a Y on it. Let's put a bird on it. Jason, anything else? Yeah, before? how about we give some love to uh to our boy Jeff Lemire? Sure. You read uh, what I think you read? Yes. The, t- ah, the 2014 love- Eisner Award nominated Best Limited Series by Mr. Lemire via Vertigo. Some more DC love. See that? Uh, I'm talking about Trillium. The wonderfully complex uh, yeah. universe-building... Uh, Cross time, cross dimensional, uh, love story, uh, by Jeff that came out, uh, towards the end of last year and, and was collected just recently. Um, I don't really quite know how to explain what this is in a succinct way. Um, do your best. I'll try. I'll do my best. Uh, <laughs> there are two, Concurrent stories going on. There is, um, we're introduced to Nika Tensmith, who is a scientist in the far flung future. The year is 3,797. <clears throat> she is part of one of the few remaining, uh, human colonies. We have, we have long since been able to populate other parts of the, of the universe. Uh, there is a virus that is laying waste to humanity throughout the universe. It is a sentient virus that is finding humans wherever they are and killing them. And Nika and her team are trying desperately to find a cure or vaccine for the virus before it gets to their, uh, to their colony. And they believe that the key to that is held in a white lotus looking flower called Trillium. Mm-hmm. They are, uh, they believe that on this planet <clears throat> there is a potential treasure trove of this pl- of this fl- flower that would be enough for them to replicate and uh, a vaccine for everybody um, but it's hidden within a almost Mayan like temple and there are indigenous aliens in there as well and Nika is very reluctant to um, just barge in and take the stuff because it is uh, she doesn't want to upset the uh, local culture so um she, she's treading carefully, but her, her counterparts in the, in the science slash military are pressing for reasons to go ahead and, uh, get up in there. Um, meanwhile, the book also sits place in 1921, uh, with a guy named William Pike, who's a soldier. And he is on his own journey involving this flower. Um, although, for much different reasons. And, um, they each, they each get quickly, um, put in, in situations of peril near these flowers, near these temples. And suddenly they are transported and, um, confronted with one another. Um, and it goes from there to really unheard of places in the sense that it's not simply about them meeting one another and, and it, it also involves gender bending. Um, they, they somewhat take over each other's realities where 
she is is sent back into the past and he is sent to the future. Um, Jeff really kills it with the panel layouts in this book. Um, you know, if we're going to talk about art as as a storytelling mechanism, Jeff just crushes it here. He 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 gives us an issue where it's essentially a flip book on the page. The, the yeah, that's my favorite one. Yeah, you you the, the it's right after they switch not identities, but they switch existences and you are presented with the top half of each page is Nika in the twenties story. And you read all of that and then you turn the book upside down and then you start back that way and you head all the way back to the beginning of the issue where you read about, um, about, uh, William Pike's time in the future. Um, and it's a trippy thing. You know, the flower eating the flower seemingly induces a, uh, an ability to, to, to transcend and, and travel through these temples to other places. Um, there is an underlying romance that I think is probably the culmination of the book. Um, and, uh, it, it's, it's this strange m- mashup of, of science fiction tropes and time travel, time travel tropes, um, and romance and, a little bit of, of, of Armageddon in the sense of a, a, a viral plague type of a thing. Uh, and it sounds very complicated to the point of, of being too much, but Jeff is such a consummate storyteller that he pulls it all off in the end. He really does. And, uh, yeah. and it's, it's buttoned up quite nicely at the end. One thing I'll say about Jeff's stories, his creator own stuff, it always resolves itself in the end. He, he doesn't leave you hanging. It, it, the, the characters and the stories that he introduces to always have a full arc, a complete arc. And I, I appreciate that. I think that's one of the reasons I, I enjoy his work so much. But, uh, yeah, powerful stuff, man. Powerful stuff. Not, not what I expected. I, I expected it to be great. I knew what it would look like visually, but I, I, I didn't expect it to go the places that it did. It's, it's, um, it's, it's a very, uh, audacious, and uh, bold effort for Jeff. Uh, and he talks a bit in the back matter about the fact that while he's well known for his creator owned work, uh, that most of it has been very um, grounded, very personal and human and, and, and in the now. And this is really one of the first chances he's ever got to, to, to do world building uh, in a, a non-traditional setting. And that's true. I mean, even sweet tooth, which has a future bent is, is still very much a humanistic story. It's about human and human hybrids, but it's a character driven book. And in this, he got to play with a much broader, uh, take on the universe and, and, uh, and, and the future. And I, I, I thought it was a home run, but, um, if I feel like this book was quiet, I didn't hear a lot of talk about this book. Um, what did you think about it, Vince? Well, I, I told you, um, on the, uh, when we were DMing on, uh, Facebook. I, I think it's by far his best work. Really? Yeah. I, 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 go that far, but. I, I think it, it blows away everything he's Oof. done to date. All right. Yeah, well, I definitely have to leave you there. I don't think it blows away, but okay. He, he, he's stretching his muscles, uh, on the illustration side. He, he didn't, he did not sacrifice the expressiveness for, um, a bit tighter, uh, hold on, on realism. I mean, it, it's not, the Jeff Lemire that, that drew Sweet Tooth. He, he, there's no gigantic panels. There's no, um, you know, minimal brushstrokes to delineate the characters. There's, there's a, 
decent amount of line work for for Lemire in this book, mm-hmm. and and it's it's not uh, incredibly brushy. I mean, it, the, the, there are many many lines, very thin lines. Uh, I I think he he was really trying to branch out with with uh, the illustration style on this, and and I think he nailed it. Um, the uh, the color work, I think uh, Villarubia either either did or helped out uh, with the color. Uh, it's very very painterly. Yeah, uh, he he uh, works with Villarubia, I think exclusively ever since uh, Sweet Tooth started. Yeah, um, the the color art is as complex as the line work. Uh, it 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 looks unlike anything Jeff has done to date. So. He immediately won me over with that. I think conceptually, it's it's the the deepest story he's he's written. There there's a a hell of a lot uh, in this series on which to chew. And I think I read somewhere where he said he was inspired by Mobius and um, Saga of all things. Am I am I reading that I think right? That's right. Yeah. And uh, no, I just I I wanted to see him. Break the, the, the confines of the rural story, the, the personal story. Like, even Sweet Tooth, for how fantastic it was, it was still generally in the, in the underwater welder type vein where it was just basically about, um, these, these people in uh, very, uh, I don't want to say common situations, but they were easier to grasp than someone traversing space and time absolutely and, and the same and, can be said for the nobody as well i mean the nobody was right his take on the invisible man but it was set in a in a in a small rural town right well he i mean the the, the scope of of trillium is is so vast mm-hmm. and i mean it affects the the threat affects everyone in this book and it's just it it, it it's very european looking to me i i just think it's 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 amazingly just lush and and it's a vivid story i i don't know what i i want to see him continue in this vein i i would be very very happy not not to say that what he produced before was lacking i love it i just think man this is this is an expansion this is widening of everything much like the characters when they when they you know ingest the flower this just the scope of this just whoo blows the the walls out and it's it's just unlimited well i i don't agree i mean i don't disagree with what you're saying but um jeff's already announced his next creator-owned work is called roughneck uh Mm -hmm. which is about uh hockey so this this is he does love the hockey this is likely to be my least favorite of his works ever (laughs) since i'm not a hockey fan Um, oh you mean the new thing oh you never know yeah. yeah i'm sure he'll put a spin on it but yeah damn um, I, I'd, I'd like to see him do his, his own thing. Uh, I enjoyed him in the DC universe or the new 52 universe, but, uh, I don't think you can, you can confine a talent like his, uh, in that arena for very long. Well, I don't think he's going to stop doing stuff there again. I, uh-huh. I, we, we need to be careful cause we're not reading much of what he's doing over there. So we don't know how good it, it is or not. Um, and, and I, I am reading his green arrow and I think it's fantastic. So. I mean, I know right. he, just, he just wrapped up his run, but I thought that was great. So, um, he's, he's prolific. Uh, I always, these writers that can pull off four, five, six books in a month and have them be at the quality that this stuff is, is, is always impressive to me, especially when you're talking about 
different universes and different publishers and different genres. It's, uh, it's, it's, I don't know. It's a skill I don't think I possess. That's for sure. I'd love to give it a shot. How, how cool would it be to wake up in, on a Monday and say, yeah, I got to write a little bit of Superboy today. Right, write some Superboy. Wednesday you wake up, man, I gotta do a little bit of Justice League mm-hmm. today. Uh, yeah, I can, I think I could, I could really get used to that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, it sounds yeah, great in theory. I mean, I'd... Work for yourself, uh, mm-hmm. it'd be awesome. Yeah. No, but a heck of a good book. And, uh, like you said, it, it was nice to see him stretch both in concept as well as visually he had to draw things that we haven't seen him draw before. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and he left, um, a lot, a lot of Jeff's work um, is is uh, minimalistic, where he'll he'll use just the right amount of brushstrokes, and he lets the mind of the reader fill in the blanks. He balanced that really well on this, where where he he uh, seemed to be wearing the hat of a of a traditional illustrator, but it has a, uh, a propeller on it. Right. You know what I mean? Like it, he he was in the clouds, but he he realized that. Um, Maybe you had to switch it up a little bit. And and it's just to give a further punctuation as to how much Jeff put into building out this this storyline in this world. Uh, the the future uh, humans live on a planet uh, called uh, Adabethia, and much of the time that you see them and the aliens speaking, they're written in uh, what looks like gig type of font. It's, 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 it's letters that we're not, we're, we don't understand. You find out that it's actually a, an alphabet. It's an, it's an Adabethian alphabet that Jeff developed with Chris Ross. And there's actually a table, um, a, a cipher at the back of yep. the trade. And so if you were so inclined, you could go back and decipher everything that was being said throughout the book, which I did not have the energy to do, but I am curious if I'm gonna have I, to, I, w- I would love to see if someone took the time on the web to go ahead and do that because, uh, I will definitely do that. There you go. Uh, I don't know if you remember in, in Superman, they would have passages in, uh, Kryptonese and they, they had the translator and I would always translate the damn things. Did you well, have a translator ring? A decoder? No, ring? they, they had, there was a, <laughs> There was a page in one issue that they they did the Kryptonian language thing. The, uh, I love things like Hitman's that. Hitman's Avengers with 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 Nyla right. and, and the world yeah. Builder, yeah the builders and everything. Yep, yep. But uh, what was I going to say? I was going to say something. Oh, does that surprise you that that he went to that extent? It doesn't doesn't <laughs> surprise me at all. Um, and, and I found out that the trillium actually exists. There is a flower called the trillium. Oh, is there really? Oh, uh, yeah, I yeah, it's no a idea. real, real world flower. Huh. Yep. Nice. There you go. All right, got, I got some. Oh, what you, uh, go ahead. No, what were you going to say? I, I when you said I got something, I was wondering if you were referring to the TV show that we keep chatting about on back channels. Ah, uh, <laughs> yeah, yes. the most recent Get one yet. Oh, you didn't? Do what? It. No, I did. I've been. Hey, I've been reading the comics. That's what we're supposed uh, to do, right? No, I didn't see the most recent one. I thought you did. You made, you I made did. I thought, like I thought did. that was our an assignment. I said that I was going to go home and watch the the re- but then something came up and blah blah blah. Maybe yeah, I'll watch it. it. <laughs> we, we are of course talking about the strain, which ah, uh, for those who have been around with us for any stretch of time, you know that I don't really dig on TV. 
And I love the strain. I, I'm, I'm confident in saying that I love it. There you go. Yeah, right. I know you, you find the whole worm thing a little bit, uh. No, I'm okay. I mean, no, I, I, that's just me being nitpicky. I, I mean, I'm, I'm watching it, which in and of itself in today's world to continue and to continue to watch the show is, is, is almost a tacit approval of it, right? You're, you're right. You're right. I, I think the the worm transportation uh, method, the the vampirism is a um, affliction that is in this universe anyway, is is transform is transported by these little um, chalk white worms. Yep. And and once you get bit, they they once they, they burrow bur- into your skin. They burrow into your skin, uh, and uh, you get the you get the hunger. Yeah. And uh, the the series starts out with a, a plane full of people um, unknowingly transporting this ancient uh, vampire king, disgusting creature, uh, and the whole plane is is infected with the uh, the worms, as to spread the the vampirism to the place where it lands and it it does does good and then you have the, your CDC guy Goodweather come came in and and he uh, ascertains the problem and he doesn't believe what's going on and and he's convinced by a Jew uh and a man who survived the Auschwitz yep. that uh you know this is an ancient problem and and there's only one way to take care of it and you got to cut the head off and burn the body and you know he's the Van Helsing of the story um uh, it, it's amazing and they're not shying away from the the the, the nazi uh fiction i worst is is a, is oh man he is I, he you root for the dude i mean he he absolutely is 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 a villain who i i just i want to see more of yeah uh, and and uh he's the uh vampire king's um what right, would you call man. His man Fry, yeah. his guy Fry. He 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 organizes the uh, transportation of the body and making sure the authorities look the other way. And it's it it's more like a uh, a secret society where you know they're really pulling the strings. Like the the authorities f- can be bribed or coerced in, into into doing the bidding of these yeah. these vampires. They, they they have something over almost everybody that they, they they're in contact with. It's I I'm enjoying the. The different threads with, with, with the various characters, um, things, I, I think things felt like maybe they were moving a little slow. Um, I don't know if it's, if it's a 10 or 13 episode season. Um, but I remember when it used to be like 22, 26 mm-hmm. episodes well, on, on network TV. Yeah. But the, uh, um, no, I, I'm, I'm enjoying it a lot. I, uh, I don't, I, I usually watch it. A, a day or so later, um, <laughs> only so I can, because there's there are certain things that I don't like to see right before I go to bed. So uh, <laughs> I, um, I, and the, um, the vampirism is almost a parasite. The uh, it completely transforms the host body, yeah. uh, rids itself of unnecessary organs, All builds new bloods. And, uh, the, the, uh, means of attack is this projectile tongue that just shoots, what about six feet out? I'd say. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it, it, uh, latches onto the jugular and just drains the, the victim of, of blood. It's pretty, pretty freaky. 
Uh, and you lose your hair, you lose your your genitalia. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It uh, <laughs> uh, I don't know about you guys, but uh, unlike a heavy metal dude, if, if my yingus fell into the toilet, <laughs> well, and I was just, I would be a little bit, I would be a little bit more upset than no, 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 no. Um But uh, yeah, the the was it episode three or four when uh, Sean Astin gets cold clock, cocked? If he started crying, dude, I would have lost it. I, I lost it. Just Samwise all crying again. <laughs> and, and everybody, everybody's playing their part pretty well. I mean, it's not like nobody, nobody shows up and, and you like, and, and you're eye rolling. Like if, yeah, if all of a sudden, if you turn into Samwise and, and you know, that, that would probably be a little, bit much to take but um i one of the things i love is that none of the characters are are, are steve rogers no no even the main character even good weather he he's in the midst of a divorce because he's he's married to his job with the cdc he loves his work his wife just really he can't take much more of it you know you're never home you're never with the kids the kids don't even even know you and yet, you know, he's woe is me. My life, my wife is leaving me. I'm not going to see my kids. I'm battling for custody, and he sleeps with his partner. Mm-hmm. You know, so he's he he has the the feet of clay. He's human, and Samwise or um, Sean Astin, yeah. uh, his his wife is undergoing chemotherapy, so that's why he does the things he he does because he's promised um uh, uh the the uh maybe his his wife can be cured because she's she's allowed into a program uh she was previously barred from and he's given money to pay for her her treatment so he does things he he would never the inconceivable just to, i mean if it wasn't for samwise the vampire plague would have never gotten into the country right so it's it's or it w- it would have taken a lot longer than it than it is yeah it would have been alternate an alternate uh, means the uh, um, as as slow or draggy early in the season. It may have felt the um, the slow the slow burn with how you know. Eventually, I'm sure Ratcatcher is going to hang out with Abraham and Good Weather. You know, just just waiting for everybody yeah. to, to to get together. And uh, I, yeah, no, I, I. What is Ratcatcher's name? On the sh- He's Russian, isn't he? Yeah, or yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he. Oh well, you didn't. Yeah, well, I'll wait for I was just saying, we find out something uh, very interesting about him this week yes. that you haven't seen yet. Ah, cool, seen, yeah. cool. Well, uh, for those of you playing at home, there, there's an exterminator in in uh, is one of the 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 big characters, and and they show him plying his trade, and he's he's killing rats, and he seems to be really good at it. Like he 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 has a. Um, uh, a dialogue with the beasts, so to speak. He he knows their habits and 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 how they they uh, they do what they do in rat world. And and I'm thinking, why are they spending so much time on this rat catcher, where um, he sees rats evacuating the sewers en masse, like gigantic swarms of rats just leaving the sewers. And I'm thinking, ah, I think I know where this is going. The the uh, the turned are seeking solace in the sewers. And uh, rats, when whenever there's a, uh, in terms of the the food chain, whenever there's something that's dining on them, they vacate the area. So that's why, because the vampire population is is uh, got, has gone underground. So that's where the rat catcher comes in. But I'm there's I'm sure there's more to it than just him showing that the 
the the horde is now you know underground. There's got to be more to it than that. So we can thank um, Del Toro for this, Carlton Cuse, yeah. who, who uh, brought us Lost, among other things. And there, there are um, there's some people involved that uh, really not slouches. I um, yeah. I, w- I was glad that I didn't see the the name Damon Lindelof on it because <laughs> that for me is the kiss of death for a lot of things. Huh. Uh, yeah, yeah. But, uh, I will say, as far as Mr. Del Toro is concerned, I don't know what it is. I, I, I've softened a lot on, uh, Pacific Rim. Nice. <laughs> Attaboy. I, you know, I don't have, I don't have to reiterate. I didn't like it when I first saw nice. it. Nice. But I, I see the, I, I've, I've opened myself up to the, the joys of Pacific Respect Rim. It. Reluctantly. It took like five, six watches to, oh, damn. to, yeah. Yeah. Well, you know me, dude, I keep watching Prometheus pretending it's going to make sense on this. Be good. You know? Do you know what geeky, uh, character, the actor who plays Vasily was known for before this? Yes, and I can't remember because every time I watch it, I'm thinking, I know him mm-hmm. from somewhere. Well, you probably don't pinpoint it because the body type is so different. Um, it's, it's a, is it a Marvel movie? Mm-hmm. Yes, I knew it was a Marvel movie. It's in Wolverine, right? I said that! Origins. Yeah. You did? Oh, you did? I said, yeah, I said, um, cause when we were, when, well, no, not tonight, and, um, in our messages, I, I was calling him a Fred Dukes motherfucker. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So you did have it. Yep. Yep. Oh, he's he's the blob. He's the blob. Yeah. Right. Yes. Oh, now I know. You can okay. see it in the face. I mean, and, and yeah. that's. Yeah. I mean, and if you hit IMDb and you look up his other roles, I mean, the dude. I mean, the face, the he's eyes, lost the cheeks. Oh, I'm not up to that yet. Then. Um, the, that's right. Yes. So, Jay- but you you see the eyes, the cheek. The mouth, that's his face, but I mean, whether the dude's blonde or shaves his head or doesn't have a beard, it's like he does look different no matter what he's doing. The guy's built like a brick shit house. Yeah, he's a big dude. Holy mackerel. Whew, sometimes I feel like the, the receptionist in the exterminator, I'd be like, dude. Yeah, look at you. I'm yeah, really I mean, curious about the comics now, about how much they like yeah. the, the movie, or, I mean, the TV show or not. Well, I'm get, from what I, I, I've read, the new series of The Strain, which is either going to it's in, it's in, I think this previews is the final arc of the series. So here's a question for you. And again, this is coming from three people that have not read the books or the comics. So we're not, however we answer this, we're not spoiling to anybody. So it's, it, we're, we're this purely conjecture. Do you think that the big bad that was in the coffin that's, that's ancient and can fly in this bit, you know, do you think A, that was, that's going to be Dracula? I mean, do you think they're going to call him Dracula? And B, do you think this is one of those things where if they can find, somehow kill that, they end the the virus? Hmm. I don't think I. I think it's not conceivable that. I mean, if if someone spreads herpes and the person that gave you the herpes dies, you still got the herpes. You know, I, I don't. I don't see where just because uh, because it's biological. It's but not. There has to be some control, right? Because. Yeah. If he's going to go down the route of it being a biological agent, there's also uh, a natural balance. They they can't have the entire world like a like a zombie infestation happen where every because then it'd be all 
all vampires and no prey. Right. So see, this is what I'm talking about. This is what Max Brooks is doing in the extinction parade. Mm-hmm. Right, right. This right. is exact. It's exactly what happens. Right. The a zombie plague um, takes over the population. The vampires, the 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 food sources are dwindling, and the vampires realize it. That's that's cool. See, there you go. Great minds. Make a like player. Yeah, I, I really hope it's not Dracula. What do you think of Homeboy as the lead of the show? Um, I don't. His name escapes me. He's the guy from House of Cards. Corey Stoll. Yeah. Not, I, I'm I think, not a huge fan of him. I, I don't think he's great. I, I don't think he, he's he's a very good leading man, personally. And I think that reminds that, that, me of Thomas Thomas Jane a lot. Uh, really, really, I don't see that at all. No, I don't either. And that that do is not good. <laughs> <laughs> he looked like more of a badass when he was straight up shaved bald and how seriously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I I like his character, but as the main leading guy on the show, there's there is something that um. Not much to latch on to. Like, if Vasily has the look and the build to maybe carry that off, but there really isn't, I mean, you, you need, I guess they figure this is the guy who isn't perfect. He, he's, he's trying to save the city, but you know, he, he loves his son and there are, um, there are things that they want you to, I guess, appreciate about his character, but I, I absolutely love Abraham. I, I can't get enough of him. I, oh, I think he's the he best. Absolutely by far. the best. Love that fucking yes, name. Abraham Sitrakian. Yeah. That's such a great name. Sitrakian. That is. Yes, yeah. he's fantastic. And, and the, that one scene where uh, Abraham was was incarcerated. Oh, through the yeah. And uh, the the Nazi dude came uh, and calls him by his number. And, and he calls him Jew. Calls him he Jew, kept calling him Jew. Yes. Oh. That that was uncomfortable, even oh, more than the than the the the, the physical violence. That scene was right. really uncomfortable yeah. to watch. D- yeah. David, do you know, do you know where we've seen him before? Do you recognize him? Oh yeah, he um, the Game of Thrones. He's been on Doctor yes. Who. He's been on yeah. He's been on. Well, uh, I didn't know he was in Doctor Who, but yes, Walter Frey yep. from Game of Thrones. And, yeah, uh, sometimes FX baffles me. They'll they'll show a human head being pulped. Like a watermelon. Mm-hmm. Yep. Just cr- absolutely crushed over, like it's not just one blow either. It's on screen. Bang, bang, bang. This thing is smashing this guy's head, but they, they refuse to show a nipple. You're absolutely right. Like, like what? Because blood and violence is always preferable according to the ratings than, than anything sexual. I was thinking, you're, you're, you're sorry not to get off on a tangent of a tangent, but as you guys know, I've been, pounding through Sons of Anarchy. Mm-hmm. And that's another example of exactly what we're talking about, Vince. There are so many scenes where uh, they're vividly showing on screen a dude taking a shiv to a person's neck and making mincemeat of their neck as blood spews out everywhere and they're brutally killed. And yet when they're doing sex scenes or they're in a brothel or something, God forbid they show a titty. Yeah. Right? I mean, to, I'm, I, I have great love for the side boob. I mean, titillation is awesome, and I love it. But if you you are in a um, a mortuary, they do not keep clothes on autopsy bodies, right? right? So, so you have these things walking around, and yeah, some of them are split open. So yeah, you mm-hmm. wouldn't see the, the breast. But there was that one chick who's buck naked with her brain hanging out. 
like why not show the nipple right it it it, it, it amps the realism there's nothing titillating about a a woman with her brain hanging out, mm-hmm. you know, naked coming after you. It would be more horrifying, I think, if they, you know, I, I, I just, I, 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 that, that's a big part of it's a, uh, it's an American our thing. culture too. Yeah, it's, a, it's, it's a cultural it's thing, a puritanical but, thing. It's strange. And I, the breast is one of the, is the, I think it's the one of the most beautiful things on this earth is is the the breast. And boom, they they just they shy away from well, it. I laugh what because the? it's 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 like we're okay with exposing our kids to a million different ways that you can kill somebody. Yep. But, but God, but, but God forbid we let them see sexual acts or sexuality when don't we want our kids to have healthy sex? I mean, right. when our kids yeah. grow up, we want them to be healthy sexual beings. We don't want them to be mass murderers, you know, but, but we're totally fine right. with letting them see a trillion different violent acts. Uh, right. And, and, you know, it just it's, makes it's sense. you can see that in video games or, or in movies and TV shows, but yet in real life, you don't want you don't want to expose them in, to violence in real life, and meanwhile, there can be breastfeeding in a restaurant. And see, I I, I don't understand the whole uh, discomfort people feel over seeing someone breastfeed. That, yeah, that baffles me too. How much more natural can you get? Well, I don't. I'm with you in that it's natural, but I, I don't know that it's something I want to see. <laughs> but if there's a special section, like you know, like go off to the like, I'm not saying do it at the damn table. <laughs> You know, but just go off on by yourself. And there's that 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 one. The guy said, "Yeah, I was walking through the the lobby, and there's a woman in the corner breastfeeding her kid." And I was I was appalled. Like, really? What did you did you not know how how biology works? Like, the kid's hungry, you got to feed it, and that's where the stuff comes from. I, I mother's milk. Whatever. Yeah, I, that's I, I don't know. I don't. Know. But I I got I have more comics to talk about if we're done with it. Make it happen. Nice. I read the Abe Sapien. When you say you read the Abe Sapien, be a little Abe more specific. Sapien. Abe Sapien numbers 14 and 15. So you've read uh, 1 through 13. Oh, yeah. Because this, I think, is yes. the first time you're discussing it on the show. Um, I think I talked about earlier issues, but uh, not frequently. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, our Abe is not having a good time. <laughs> yeah. Now, is this uh, taking place in quote unquote real time in VPRD? Like, I, I, I'm so far behind. Is this? One does and one does not. Okay. Uh, 14, which was written by, uh, Mike Mignola and Scott Alley, who has come a long way. Uh, uh, illustrated by Max Fiumara. Woo! And, and color art by the great Dave Stewart. Um, Max Fiumara, like, um, that I, kill see the, I kill giants guy. I believe that. No, 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 no. Uh, no. Who did I kill giants? It was, it wasn't that a woman that did I kill giants? Um, wasn't she, I'm, I'm, maybe I'm have my, my artist names confused, but I think I kill giants was done by a woman. Uh, oh okay. yeah. Uh, it was, um, was it by Joe Kelly, uh, J.M. Ken Nomura. No, it, it's J.M. Ken, it's J.M. Ken Nomura. No, it's a, it's a, it's a man. It's a man. Okay. But it is not but Max no, Fiumara. This is Max Fiumara. Um, a lot has happened to Abe in, in a short amount of time. And he is, uh, searching for the answers to many, many questions. He's wandering around Juarez. With uh, a woman named Grace, uh, who he saved 
from uh, grievous bodily harm in the previous issue. Uh, she was about to be attacked by the... He, it doesn't really matter. He, 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 he saved her life and now she is, uh, she's sticking with him. And, uh, Abe's conflicted. Uh, he's in a state of perpetual existential angst. Uh, Jason, you know that, uh, Phoenix shot him? I did not. Okay. Well. That's okay. Sorry. Seriously, I, I read BPRD, but I'm, I'm several years behind, so I, you, I don't, don't feel it any. Feel free to go into any 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 area you want. I, okay. I'm going to forget it by the time I get to it. Right. Phoenix shot him, and he lapsed into a coma to the point where he was declared brain dead. Uh, but he emerged alive, albeit transformed, uh, obviously physically. I mean, he is visually um, a monster now. Uh, the human features are almost gone. His his neck has extended. His his he's got this huge fin on the on the back of his neck. His eyes have become more um, uh, reptilian or or uh, amphibian like, um, and he looks a lot like the frog creatures that have been plaguing the uh, the surface world, um, which doesn't sit well with a lot of people because um, the people he worked with uh, at the BPRD, if you're bunking or sharing, um, you know, uh, a mission with a, a guy that pretty much resembles the things you're fighting, that's going to slam a wedge between uh, the two of you, I, w- I would think. And um, there, there are many people that claim that he's of the same genetic slop as the 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 stuff currently belching from the you know hell to plague the surface world and it doesn't help that the black flame told him that that he's the evolutionary last step of of the frogs um and abe is is ridden with guilt uh along the line he finds out that that he was in fact human at one time uh, a man named langdon everett call who was a Civil War scientist. That's the, the, the events that preceded them finding him in that, that sub-basement, um, way back when. And, uh, it turns out that Call's wife committed suicide, uh, in the wake of his transformation. So Abe is, 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 he feels guilty that he, he missed out on a former life. He feels guilty that it's his one-time wife killed herself because of something that happened to him he's feels separated from the bprd because he's essentially a freak now he he is a monster uh, whereas he you know in the in the past abe pretty much was a very you could say a very outlandishly dressed human being with with very uh distinctive tattoos he is a a fish creature now he's he he is not too far away from the creature from the black lagoon He's got the hunch and the gigantic hands and the, you know, the whole, the whole nine yards. Um, so his friends are kind of shunning him. He doesn't know what to believe. There's a cult that sprung up around his existence. You know, uh, there, there's, there's people that call him an abomination and that, that, that he's the end of things and he's the herald of the, the dark days. So, I mean, what the hell is he supposed to believe? He doesn't even know who he is anymore. So he hits the road. 
he he just goes on a on a kind of like a uh a, a quest for his his identity and his soul like what the hell am i i i i was a researcher now am i a monster do i do i believe everything these people are telling me right um and and the thing that that he most wants answers to is is the the hell on earth why the hell is this happening where before was these isolated incidents with these frog creatures and and now Everyone's affected. Hell is on Earth. These huge holes have opened up, and these things are spewing out of them and just wrecking the shit out of everything. And people are turning. And what do I do? And 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 in all this, what does he find? Well, he finds more questions, more guilt, more confusion. It's not a feel-good story. I I I have I fear for Abe. I mean, he's in crisis mode, big time. And uh, in issue fourteen, let me get it. There's one one sequence that really, really slams home the stuff that's going on with Abe. He runs into this old woman on the road, and and the old woman pretty much tells him everything everybody else is telling him. You know, you're different. There's there's something about you. You, you know, you're you, you have to embrace what you are, and you got to realize what you are, and you know the whole nine yards. And um, he, while he's in the course of the issue. He um he grabs a big stick and he whittles it and he puts a very sharp point on it and he goes in the water and he's he's hunting fish. He's spearing fish. And I mean the sequence goes on for a while. Abe underwater just just spearing fish and and he, he comes to a dock and he, he surfaces and the old woman is sitting on the dock. And she's obviously a monster because her body parts can separate. She, she's got her leg, her arm in her hand. Her leg is off. Um, at one point she takes her head off. So she, she's a monster and, and she, she's, she, uh, pretty much attacks Abe, you know, like you're a peeping Tom. Get away from me. Know thyself. Get out of here. Go find yourself. And he, he, he uh, sir, uh, descends back into the water, and he's he has this flashback with with Hellboy, and there's grief there too because Hellboy's dead. He he lost a big friend when 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 Hellboy left, and um, Hellboy's uh, talking to him. It's probably Abe's subconscious do, doing the talking, and um, even Hellboy tells him, you know, you're, you're something else altogether. You 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 you're not like you're not the typical monster you're not the typical human you you are somewhere removed from all this stuff that's going on and then when abe surfaces what does he do he starts a fire and he cooks and eats the fish mm. which could be construed as cannibalism right. so he's he may be the monster that people are making him out to be we don't know well wait a minute wait 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 wait, wait. why would that be cannibalism because Abe's essentially a fish. Well, no, no, no. Okay, but but we're we're mammals, and it's not cannibalism when we eat a a burger. Because it's cow. <laughs> if it was no, a human, exactly. bur- he's not a fish. He's he's he's. A, they're different species. He could be. I mean, a, we're a mammal. A cow is a mammal. He's a fish. An evolved fish. Oh, because yeah. even other fish do eat, you know, praise and... Uh, no, but again, it's not even... Well, sure, but... I'm saying but, but, you, but, but, you made the analogy, it's not cannibalism. Again, we eat other mammals all the time. 
Right. He'd be, but we, he'd are, we also fish eating other fish. That's perfectly normal. But humans have the, the pretense that they seem to think that they're elevated above animals. That we have we have very specific rituals when we eat, and we're we're also cultured, and and you know there there are certain you you have to cook things a certain way and eat. It's all very proper. And while okay, if you don't buy into the fact that that he is you know committing cannibalism, he's he's sitting by the side of the 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 uh water just ripping into this fish you know so he he doesn't have the pretense that he once had where you know i'm a researcher and and i'm it's all in the in the in the, the goal of science and and the, you have this basically he's almost naked so so you have this creature consuming another creature by the side of the water and the, the human element is almost gone mm-hmm. so it i mean it's it's almost yeah he does cook it but it, it's 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 almost savage in its you know explicitness. He, he's 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 eating because he's hungry, not because it's a it's a it's a, a formal ritual or or you know he's there's no airs about it at all. Mm-hmm. He's just rah, just you know, and and uh, that's not the Abe that's in issue fifteen. Sure, sure, sure. I get you. Ish, issue fifteen is is a, a flashback. Uh, written by Mignola and Ali, and it's illustrated by Juan Ferreira. This guy's awesome. He's, he's the dude that illustrated Kiss Me Satan. Mm-hmm. Remember, remember I told you about that? He is unbelievably good. And there's no Dave Stewart on this issue. Ferreira does the colors himself. So if you're going to follow Dave Stewart, you got to be good, or it's going to get noticed. And you would never notice that Stewart wasn't on this issue. It, the color art is that good. Hmm. Yeah. And, uh, basically, um, uh, shit hits the fan. A bunch of hippy dippies are doing a, a, ris- a ritual with crystals and all this new age garbage. And, and the, the mouthpiece of the hippies gets possessed and starts tearing into the, the other hippies. And the BPRD arrive, blow the shit out of the, the, uh, the beast. They, they burn it with flamethrowers and one piece survives. They bring it back to the lab and Abe's there and it's Roger. Who wheels the part and he goes, hey, you know, Roger, hey, hey, buddy, what's up? And he's, you know, dropping the, 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 the well wishes and the, the buddy talk and he's got his arm on him and Abe wants nothing to do with it. He's like, basically, you're, you're, you're interfering with my work. Could, could you please leave? Uh, I don't play that, 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 that role that you're, you're still stuck in. And, and Roger's like, what? What do you mean talk, role? He's just, I'm, I'm just, you don't don't think you're anything other than you are you know you're you're still a monster i'm a monster that that's why we're here and and a he he looks down his nose at roger and through the the whole story roger you know convinces him that maybe he's he's not what he is it that's the whole from issue 1 that that's been the gist of the ape sapien series that there may be something to Abe that we don't, well, there's definitely something to Abe that we don't know, but Abe isn't even what he knows. And it's just like this quest for identity. And I thought it would get old after a while, but it's not. I mean, they are beating the hell out of Abe. And it helps that he's my favorite BPRD character. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, uh, on the art, on the art side, the BPRD has established a a high watermark for for uh, comics illustration. Every issue just seems to be 
amazingly well done. And and I can't pick one up until recently, sorry, <laughs> that, that that isn't just like a revelation. The the Ferreira's art? Oh good God. He 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 goes in and he he molds the color like a sculptor and it's just this beautiful transitions and and it it it's Corbin-esque color. That's how nice it, it, it how vividly it's been done. Um, he's great with the creature design. They all are. Um, and it's just, I, I look forward to BPRD all the time. I may let it go for about 10 or 15 issues. Uh, and then I catch up and it's just, um, well worth the, the effort. Mm-hmm. This, this is, this is an incredible world Mignola has, has oh, created with real. this character. Yeah. By the way, I think one of our, our reason that we were confusing, um, Fiumara with, 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 uh, with Nomura is that, um, when, uh, when I Kill Giants was coming out, that was during that Men of Action renaissance that Image pushed. And at the same time, Joe Kelly was doing Four Eyes with, with Max Fiamara. Ah, Four, Four Eyes. Eyes. Yes. yes so, the Dragon. Yeah. Um, and did you know that there's another Fiamara in the mix? Sebastian Fiamara, who does the covers. Hmm. To, yeah, and he's amazing as well. So the Fiumara name is uh, the brand of quality. Yeah. But um yeah, the the BPRD series it dips from time to time like there there are arcs that it, while they hold my interest, I wish they would, you know, veer into the more character driven. Like I like seeing the BPRD blowing the hell out of these gigantic abominations, mm-hmm. but I I would prefer that they stick to the the character driven stories which i think is is the heart of the bprd like he uh, hellboy abe sapien liz i mean these characters are awesome and they're so vivid and i like it when they when they stick close to to the 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 vest i mean the carnage is great but not 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 a whole arc mm-hmm. of carnage i don't want that and uh daimio oh man i love that character it's just amazing the direction that that boy has gone and you're not caught up, so I won't say. But it, it, it's pretty cool. Yeah, I, I, I'm looking here at just how far behind I am because I didn't realize how many trees there were of hell on Earth already. Mm-hmm. I haven't read any of that. It gets You haven't read any of no. hell on Earth? Woo! It gets away from you. There's been a lot, yeah. And it's just everything that he established with BPRD, it just explodes. It's all over the place. They're They're not a clandestine organization anymore. They are like... They're they're legit, yeah. Mm. And the, the you know the, the public recognizes them, whereas before it was like this you know on the sly thing. Just go in, get the job done. Don't leave any traces. It's it's kind of hard not to leave traces now when you have you know building sized creatures just tromping over everything. Right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Being to catch up with the quickness on this one. It's just daunting. Yeah. They put a lot of stuff out of that universe. They do. Yeah. Yeah. And uh I've been putting my books into uh comic base. Uh, really? I got the new version. Yeah. And uh it's it's a it's a good program. It's not without its bugs, but it's still a, good, a very good mm. program. Um and I did not know I have all the Baltimore stuff in single issues. Oh, nice. I I don't even remember buying them. But here, here they are, right here. So I gotta, I gotta read those. You're so yeah. silly. I know. It's, it's, 
That's the thing. I, I really enjoy putting the books into the comic base because it makes me remember, uh, thing, obviously things I've forgotten, but I'll, I'll be looking at the covers as I'm putting them in. I'm just like, damn, that was a good issue. Or like, what in the hell was I thinking when I bought this? Mm-hmm. So why, why did I buy this? But, uh, to get back to the Spider-Man discussion, every Spider-Man one I put in, I'm just like, ah, ah. Clone Saga, love it. Aww. It's just it's so much fun to do this. I, the, the the reason why I'm doing it is because they don't make comic base for the Mac. They used to, but they retired it. And the last time I entered all my books was pre-Lone uh, Star. So I don't have a whole lot of the stuff. Oh, that is, I see. Yeah, so I'm just doing it from scratch. It's just easier to do it that way. But yeah, 400,000 covers, I think, are in the database. Hmm. Yeah, and if they don't have the cover in the database, you just right-click on an issue, and you can download the cover in most cases. Yep, and it totals it for you as you're going, which is <laughs> you don't expect to get. I was going to say, it's, it, yeah, it gives yeah. you the, 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 uh, the value that would never be realized by anybody trying to sell it. Right. I have uh, 5,000 books put into it so far, and my grand total is like $27,000. I go, okay, right. But it, it stuns me what some books are going for. Like, I I thought iZombie was like a throwaway series. The first issue is going for like 50-some bucks. And I, and I guess it's all because, well, that's what they're shows, telling yeah. Right, right. But And it's some issues like um, I think would be more, and they're they're not. Whether the prices aren't updated, I can't say. But it's just exciting all the way around because it's it's just more information from a puny brain. To, to soak in, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Variant covers are a pain in the ass to uh, to to plug in because if they don't put like cover three A, three B on the cover or inside the front cover, you got to look in Comic Base at every iteration of that issue to find the cover you have. That's a pain in the in the ass. Right. Yeah, because if you don't get the main cover, if you just like splurge a little bit and get get a variant, you got to go through the whole thing, which is annoying. Speaking of yeah. plugging in issues, uh, are you guys following with one eye the um, Action Comics number one nine point that's uh, up for auction right now? Why? What's that going for? Well, it's on eBay. It's uh, it's pretty cool. The proceeds go to the Christopher and Dana Reeve Foundation. Ah, uh, it's a nine point Action Comics number one. Uh, it's there's there's three and a half days left and it's already past two million bucks. It you know it boggles my mind that there even exists an action comics number one in that kind of grade. I know it's it's I'm I'm gonna go on a limb and say this goes for I'm gonna say over four million bucks. I wouldn't doubt it because again, if you're wealthy enough that you can spend literally seven figures on a comic book. And this is probably, you never want to say never, but this is probably the nicest version of this comic that is in existence. Yeah. So, and it's already got a provenance as a title of being the most valuable comic. So action comics, number one. So, so if you, if you're that wealthy, there really probably isn't much difference between 2 million and 4 million. So it really mm-hmm. just comes down to which of these unbelievably wealthy dudes wants it more. <laughs> no, seriously. I mean, when you get, uh, you know, you're you right. Have, when you have that kind of wealth, it's 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 not. It's just about that you want it. You either want it or you don't. So 
Mm -hmm. I don't, I, with, if you think about the way a typical eBay auction works, uh, most folks don't put their best and final offers on until the end. And we've got almost four days left of this thing and it's already past two million bucks. I mean. Yeah, smart bidders don't build bids. That's what I'm saying. So, so there are people with an hour left that are going to come in and say, this is what I'm willing to pay for it. So, yowza. Yeah. It's pretty cool. It's good that it's on eBay. Like that it's, you, you know, most of these million dollar plus books have been, have gone on traditional auction routes. Yeah, Christie's. Yeah, I'm surprised it's not. Well, it depends on the commission. Uh, maybe eBay. The, the percentage they, they, they shave is a lot less than Christie's or something like that. Oh, it is? Sure. Yeah. Cause I, I have no idea what, what Christie's take, but I'm sure it's, yeah, substantial. Gotcha. Yeah. You know what, you know what kills me? The buyer's premium. Yeah. That, that kills me. Yeah. It's always frustrating. When I buy something off Heritage or Comic Link, it's very frustrating. Yeah, they do that on um, Lone Star too. There'll be a buyer's premium oh, for for some books. Yeah, and it's like you're paying money just for the privilege of buying this book. What, you know? Yeah, it can add up pres- too. I mean, when I bought that uh, at FF fifty two a couple months ago, I mean the pr- the premium was hefty because <laughs> they tack. I think it, I don't know if it's at seven percent. Maybe it's oh, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah. and they yeah. get it on both ends. They get a seller seller. Uh, vig and they get a buyer's vig. It's a good business, the auction house, if you can get into it. Oh yeah, yeah. But it pleases me to to no end that I have almost amassed an entire continuity comics collection. I almost have every issue continuity ever published. Wow. <laughs> I love continuity, dude. I know you do. And I'm I'm gaining on the on the valiant stuff. I almost have, I almost, yeah. And I was surprised. I have a lot of gold issues too. I don't know where I got them, but I, I must have at least 10, 15 gold issues. Mm. Yeah. Crazy. Where do these things come from? It's, 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 it's amazing the things you amass in the course of life. It's true. Yeah. Especially when you're as old as you are. I am old. Only in, in, only physically, not mentally mm-hmm. though. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. What do you say, boys? I say drag- New York Comic Con in less than two months. I'm there. I know you're there. And I'm, I, I, I will admit I'm going to do a little bit of bin diving because I miss it. Good. You're going to come with me? I'll come with you. I'll buy you something. Aww. <laughs> Just because I want to make you happy, one, and B, to piss off your wife. Yeah. I'm still waiting for <clears throat> Renee's uh, Ice Bucket Challenge video. Yeah, it's gonna be a long wait. Yeah, you don't want. To, I didn't tell you when I was doing mine. I almost nominated her, and I got scared. You're wise. So that man. that that's why I fumbled on the on the third nomination because I, I knew that I was gonna nominate uh, the first two. But when I got to number three, I'm like, I was gonna say Renee, and I heard David in the back of my head thinking, "Shh, we'll kill you." So I didn't do it. Still waiting for Scotty's video too. Yeah, well, that's okay. I would rather see him produce art than. Dump water on his head. Well, then make a video of, sign- of writing a check, then. <laughs> <laughs> hey, everybody. This has been yet another stellar episode of 11 O'Clock Comics. Uh, as always, please go to our sponsor, DCBService.com, Discount Comic Book Service, because you will get your comics extremely cheap. How I don't, I'm not able to put it any more plain than that. 
they sell books for a lot less than everybody else. DCBService.com. In your travels, I implore you to check out Multiversity. Mm-hmm. You will believe a man can be fly. <laughs> yep. Um, and uh, I read the last issue, well, not the last, the most recent issue of Afterlife with Archie. I believe it was issue six or seven. Uh, anyway, it's the first issue of the new storyline, and they are bringing... Lovecraft and Cthulhu into it. I shit you not. It's a little heavy-handed in some spots. Like the, the, there's a character in it uh, whose last name is Matchin. There's a character whose name is Lovecraft. It's just it's a it's a little. I mean, they're really slamming the fact home that they are linking this story to H.P. Lovecraft, which is cool by me. But you know, your mileage may vary. I love. Lovecraft and his world and his creations and the mythos. So you may not, but I, I just, and the cover, I got the variant cover by Andrew Peepoy. Sexy ass Sabrina. She's got the, the stockings on with the, ugh, dude. It's, it's, it makes me feel dirty how, how sexy Andrew Peepoy draws the Riverdale gang. <laughs> that one cover, that one cover that he had, um, Betty in the the nighty with the the shadow coming through and it was oh it's it's dirty but I love it and dirty, it's Archie dirty. yeah it's 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 um after the three ninety nine increase it's it, this and the Sabrina series are the only Archie books I'm sticking with because mm-hmm. they are the most valuable to me so yeah read Afterlife with Archie because it's awesome and and uh, Francesco this is his book. This is this is going to be like Francesco Francavilla, the artist of Afterlife with Archie. It's going to say that on his resume for a long, long, long time, because people are taking notice. It's it's getting a lot of play, and rightly so. Shit. It's a good book. Yeah. yeah. Uh in your travels, um, you may not know that, that that I'm a Star Trek fan, and there is a. Uh, I think there's <laughs> if and and there's one. One story, um, in particular that, that, that is pretty well known, specifically from the original series. Uh, it was a, um, it was an episode written by Mr. Harlan Ellison. And, uh-huh. and it is a time travel story, or, mm-hmm. and, and somewhat of, uh, of an alternate, um, not like Mirror Mirror, but, uh, The City on the Edge of Forever involved, um, Kirk and Spock going back in time, uh, to bring back a, uh, a crew member. And, um, McCoy was involved also in this. And, uh, IDW has, is publishing, uh, Star Trek Harlan Ellison's The City on the Edge of Forever, the original teleplay. Uh, so, these issues are based on Harlan's teleplay. Not the, it, it's not an adaptation of the episode that aired. Um, the adaptation is by Scott Tipton and David Tipton and is painted, drawn, art by J.K. Woodward. And it, it still – look, I, I liked Doctor Who and Star Trek The Next Generation that J.K. did, but this 
blows it away. Uh, I don't know if he, it almost looks as though he just has a, uh, has more of a, an affection towards the original series than, than maybe the next generation guys. Um, as it should be. But it's, it's, it's a stunning looking, um, series, but it, um, you know, I, when I, when this wraps up, I am going to rewatch the episode and see where things may have, um, I mean, I, I remember the episode and, and already with two issues in, I know the things that are different about it. Uh, this looks like it could have been a, um, a movie, let alone a, a, a 42 minute television show. Um, but it is, uh, I, if you're a Star Trek fan, an original series fan, um, enjoy spiffy looking art. Uh, it is a, um, and it's, it's, it is the original series. It's not like they're retelling it with the Abrams 2.0 version. Um, they're, they're very respectful to the source material, the, the, the actors from the show, uh, without, without it actually, without looking like, you know, JK just paused the DVD and, and traced Leonard Nimoy or William Shatner. I mean, there's, it, it, it's freehand. I, I don't think he apprenticed with Greg. No, definitely not. <laughs> um, but it is, uh, it's, it, I, I dig the take on it. I, uh, it, it, it is one of my fondly remembered episodes. It's not one that I see all the time, like so many others, but, uh, it, it, it is, if you're going to do something special with, with an episode of Star Trek, I, I think City on the Edge of Forever is, is a good place to do it. Uh, so yeah, I believe it's, um, it's five issues, I think. Um, don't quote me. The, the covers are amazing because uh, they are they look like um, a paperback novel that that that's been um, folded and and dog eared. Uh, I am really impressed with the covers and 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 um, if I get to the uh, to the back matter. Um, I'd actually be able to tell you who, who did the, uh, who did the covers, but no, there, there's, there, there's a, an interview with the back of the first issue where, um, Chris, uh, real talks about, writes about, um, how it came to pass and, and, and what was involved in, in making the book and, and, um, how easy or not it was to work with Harlan. It, it really, it, it's, it's just, it's neat and it, it takes, um, it just shows me a different version of, uh, of one of the things regarding the, the, the hobby and the entertainment that, that I enjoy. So I would definitely recommend this. But even if you're not a fan of, of the source material, it's, there's enough going on here where it, it still feels like an original story and, and you don't need to know that it, it's, it's from something else. It, 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 two issues in it, it feels like a pretty solid standalone story that, that, that you can pull off the shelf and, and read from time to time. Yeah. I even think back in the day, 
they published, um, I think it was one of the f- very few episodes where they published the screenplay. Like Harlan has had that yes. out there for, for a long time. Yes. Yeah. And it's one of the more fondly remembered, um, original series episodes. Yeah. Junk. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And, and I gotta say, speaking of IDW, while you're on the subject, uh, I was in the comic shop today and I'm going to make a prediction that a book IDW uh, a series that IDW started today will rank very highly on our 11 o'clockers for next year. That's bold. Little Nemo, Return to Slubberland oh, yeah. cool. by uh, Shan Ower and Gabriel Rodriguez. Yes, my boy from first issue. Key. Holy hell. Yeah. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that coming in my box on Friday. Wait. Yeah. Uh, in your travels... Take a journey into a world where you can read Jeff Darrow work, Frank Miller work, Brendan McCarthy work, <laughs> Justin uh, Justin Gray and Jimmy Palmiotti work, Andy Kuhn work, my boys Damon Gentry and Aaron Conley work, David yep. Mack work, all in the comfortable confines of one issue i am of course talking about on shelves today the triumphant return of dhp dark horse presents 2014 issue number one cannot wait i think it's a very smart return yep well Uh, first first what they did is they they because the last revamp which was good they made the mistake of making it eight bucks right so yep that was the biggest detriment this is for 4.99 uh, it, uh, it's got, uh, Big Guy and Rusty Robot. It's got, uh, Resident Alien. It's got Dream Gang. It's got Wrestling with Demons. It's most excitedly got Sabretooth Swordsman. And mm-hmm. it's even got Kabuki up in there. Have you seen the pages for that, uh, Sabretooth Swordsman yet? Uh, David and I saw them, um, in person. Yeah. They're, they're incredible. Oh, they're, they're incredible. You know that maze page? Yeah. No, you didn't buy it. No, I tried to buy it though. Oh, he's got a rule where he won't sell his favorite page until he does a page that that trumps it. Oh, that's a cool rule. It is, yeah, it's cool. But but I I have dibs on that page. No kidding. Damn you. That's probably not going to be cheap when you get around to it. Well, we'll see. That's cool. It's, hey, the good stuff's worth a, paying it's for. It's an amazing page in person. Yeah, it is. Uh, I. I I don't think I like it better than the the page you already have. Maybe I don't know. I have to see it once I get it in my hand. But the preview image, I I love it. But I still love the one that you have more. Me too. Well, I I yeah, I do love my page for sure. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, DHP baby baby. I'm I'm rooting for it. I really am. I hope it I hope it does well. Me too. Love the anthologies. This one has such a storied history, and they clearly are pulling out all the stops with with an all star cast of creators new and old for this so yeah i want to see dark horse presents succeed um is frank, last... is frank miller writing this from beyond the grave by the way is he like stop i think he's doing the dialogue he's just doing the dialogue nice yeah but um the last one like you said price point was a little high and because they had so many pages uh there were things that weren't as good as the the strips that were let's just put it that mm-hmm. way um, yeah, I was a little bit 
embarrassed for my boy Neil, Neil Adams. <laughs> his, his, and even, even Howard, uh, Chaikin, his, his strip wasn't all that great. But th- I mean, there was stuff that was amazing, but it was just too expensive. Uh, and even then it still lasted what? 20 some issues, 30 issues. It, it didn't go away quickly. So people want it. And now maybe they'll realize that, you know, it's easier to buy and they got to have it. I would love to be able to to promote it every month as being, you know, the best thing, uh, one of the best things out there. I hope that that comes true. Yay. Yay. All right. Thank you for being here with us again. Um, You know, you can find the next one of these, the same place you found this one of these. and, And we hope you do come back because we love you so much and we're lonely and we need we need companionship. Call me. I'm all call, <laughs> call David. <laughs> and call Jason, too. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Say, say goodnight, David. Goodnight, David. You can say it like that, though. Say goodnight, David. Hey, say goodnight, David. Hey, goodnight. Yeah. Hey, now. Kiss your mama. Where? Pig. <laughs> This room for you, that's rich. Piggy. <laughs> <laughs>